Blog Talk Radio. We've had the best football picks for a decade, and we ain't stopping now. Live from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 10th season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your host, Jay Andre. Well, great Sunday morning, everybody. Dre and I are back again. Hopefully this show might be one of the big mysteries of all the shows that we have ever done. We are hopefully live on the air. November the 20th, 2002, at 9.02 a.m. here. I'm Jay, trying to get Dre into the show somehow. Uh, Blog Talk Radio seems to be having all sorts of problems, but it says we're live, it says we're streaming. Uh, Hopefully this is at least recording, and if people aren't able to access Blog Talk Radio, hopefully they are at least able to hear this in the podcast version, and Dre and I are able to talk to each other. I've got the studio up. It says I've got my drops here. Let's see here. Hey, that's working. Just trying to get Dre uh, to call into the show. Don't know how I was able to get in. Kind of, kind of did the back doorway um, through the studio link. Andre's trying to tell you. Text me. He says, "Head said there's already a host." <laughs> yeah, that's that's me. So trying to see if he can at least call in on the phone line or we can get something going here. Um, able to get the studio up and running and uh, and see if we can at least get Dre into the show here so we can go through here and give our week 10 awards and do our pick for week 11 without having to just uh, put them up on the blog. Absolutely wild morning here. Checking the uh, status of Blog Talk Radio. It's... Let's see if this is him. Hello, are you there? Is this thing on? Memphis, Tennessee, you're on. Hello? The hell? This is crazy. I'm I'm so glad that it worked enough for me to email us out these links uh, this morning or else we wouldn't be able to get on. I can't get on through the homepage, neither can you. Well, the funny thing is, is I didn't use your link to get in. Oh. I went in through what was a saved uh, web address that just sort of <laughs> populated in my browser. I, I think it was able to somehow backdoor me to the studio page. So I'm at, wow. least, at least hopefully that we're recording right now. Otherwise, this will just be us talking to each other. Well, it'd be like it always is, it's just me and you talking to each other for two hours anyway. Like it was for 30 plus years. <laughs> yeah. So we just have to go on the assumption that I'm going on the assumption that the live listening is shot and we're just going through here and doing um, a recording, hopefully. And if we're not, at least we're getting our picks on the record and, and, and having a laugh while we're at it. The recording might pick up for us. It might have, oh, wait, the, the studio page decided to start working all of a sudden now for me. Yeah, but when I was, there was a website that I that said uh, 
is Block Talk Radio down? And then I, I clicked on it and said the Block Talk Radio has been down for <laughs> one day and 16 hours. So, if but I know that's not true. Like I said, I went it, and added the show description this morning. So yeah, well, so it's it's, it's on and off. I guess is the more right. accurate. Way so you to have say it, but. you have the studio up. You have the drops. You can hear me. Hello. Yep. I'm okay. Here. I've got I've got it all up too. So this is, you know, here we go. Congo <laughs> country. Let's ride. All right. Let's ride. Um, all right. Whew. What a wild night. You know, and it's good that we did the show today because I didn't I actually didn't get home last night until about a quarter to nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So by the time we got home, got the kids to bed, and everything was situated, I I would have had nothing done for the show. So. <laughs> I was up this morning at about 5.30, 5.45, couple cups of coffee, got all my awards done, and I had time to kill. I had breakfast with the family, so this worked out. It's just nice to have this option. Right. Um, it's it's always been there. We just haven't tried it before a couple of weeks ago, and uh, yeah. yeah, like you said, there's there's pros and cons to it, but... Uh, we're, we're giving it a go this morning, nice bright sunny morning, and here we are. Yeah, it would have... Uh, it would have been tough for me yesterday too. We had uh, trying to run around and do some shopping, getting ready for Thanksgiving, and I, I was wiped out by the time last night came. So I would have done the show. I just would have been like a zombie. <laughs> right. So here we um, are. We have, uh, you know, we, we we keep talking about the weirdness of these weeks, and, and week ten was no different. Um, it's very strange. Very. Uh, this is probably the season the most strange things have happened, the most weird yeah. outcomes, the most we, we've already talked about, the most uh, lost leads. This feels like every team has a chance to come back and win a game in the fourth quarter, no matter how many points they're down. They can be down five touchdowns and they have a chance because just so much goofiness has, has been happening uh, in the league this year. Last week was the maybe the goofiest of them all, that uh, Bills-Vikings game that has been uh, and I knew it was going to happen. Has been pumped up as oh, that was the greatest game. And it wasn't. No, great. it was. It was very no. odd and uh, epic, and and a lot of uh, one that one event after the other. We go, oh my god, that happened. Oh my god, that happened. Oh my god, <laughs> you know, incredible the theater. Thing, all that Bills Vikings game did for me was cement what bullshit win probability is, <laughs> because. A computer algorithm is not ever going to tell you what can happen and replace the just the human element, the randomness, the nerves, the tension, right? The yips and any of those weird things you cannot program into an algorithm because you had, I mean, virtually 99-point swings in the win probability five times into that game. And that just it, – it, 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 it's dumb. I, I, that's one of those things I just wish they would do away with. They put it up on the screen and, oh, this team's got a 99.8%. Stop. Get off my lawn. Right. As long as there's time on the clock and points that can be scored, it, you know, we've, we've seen it happen too many times. Anything can happen. I don't need to know the probable outcome of anything. What we can say is it was absolutely like crazy. It was it was an insane finish. Um it wasn't the game, the best game I've ever seen. It wasn't the game of the year. It was the maybe one of the weirdest games of the year. Just the whole atmosphere, you know, Josh Allen, should he be playing? Should he not be playing? But I'm sure we have awards uh, for that game lined up. 
absolutely. There was there was there was great things in that game. There were bad things in that game. That game had everything all in one. That that game was the twenty twenty two season all in one. That's what that was. All wrapped up in the one big ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I I definitely want to get on the record when we disagree on things because it feels like we agree on everything all the time. Ah. Um, I absolutely think that it backs up the win probability stuff because it's true that 99 point whatever percent of the time when you have the ball on your one lo- one yard line and all yep. you have to do is snap it and take knees, the game is over. It does account for the point oh oh two percent of the time that the center fumbles the snap and, and right. makes a bad snap and and the other team recovers no, but uh, for, for the touchdown. It went from ninety nine percent to the Vikings to the Bills to the Vikings to, Back the, to Bills, the Vikings <laughs> all in that last few minutes in overtime, and it just shows you that yeah, either that was just the one percenter game. And that was just yeah. the one game where everything one percent or less happened in the end of the. Now it was a it was a wild and crazy football game. I'm not buying into any of the the metrics or the algorithms because, like I said, it just completely removes removes the human element. That was the one percenter game. That was the one out of a thousand, ten thousand uh, times that that sequence of stuff would actually happen. That we watched yeah, many, it. It happened. How many times the Vikings were going to get stuffed at the goal line at the end yeah. there, right. and then to have the fumbled snap and then the touchdown and now it's all 90 something percent for the Vikings. Well, no, you know, Josh Allen still got 12 seconds or whatever to get into the field, which they did, <laughs> which you know? They did. Yeah. It was just, yeah, but just insanity. So the, those uh, metrics are all true at what you can do with that. I don't buy into a matter it. of debate. Uh, maybe nothing. I mean, but, they can, but... <laughs> you know, but the, the, just the stock that they've put into them now, yeah. You know, they'll actually flash that crap up on the screen and you know so and so as a even when the Vikings were on that final drive, it was seventy six percent chance stop. Just stop. Just let me watch football. I mean, you know what drives all that is all the, the in game gambling and now you can bet, you know, as the game is going on and oh, I think this team's gonna rally back. Let me go plus three hundred yeah. right now, you know. So that that's what drives all of that. Yeah. So I, well, I guess the, I understand it. Now if you're well, the, if you're the, the type to again. Uh, yeah, but fucking luckiest team. Are they the any good? We do we still know? Do we, they're home dogs this week after that. that. That's what the people think of them. That's the, that's your answer. You just answered that's... your own question right there. All right, you are once again the man. You come out on top last week with six wins to my four. We're we're both struggling right now with some really bad last couple of weeks. Um, again, I had money on games last week. That'll be the end of that. I will not be betting at all this week. So, in an attempt to get myself back uh, on on track, because you're not putting money I... on these games. Is that your is that your new plan? Just don't gamble the games, and maybe you'll watch. Now you'll have like a nine win week. Again, six, seven, whatever weeks in a row that my lock came in, and then yeah. the last two weeks where I put money on my lock, oops, yeah. lock. And then you lock in. up Thursday night, bam, winner. No money on it. None at all, and that's what well, actually we both won on Thursday night. Which again, we, we talk did. about the quality of wins. The quality of your win Thursday night was way higher than mine, but we're still both winners. We still both win. I get a small extra boost of a win because my lock is already covered for the week. I can sit back yeah. and relax there. Um, if you didn't then know you that, can I sit locked back and relax night. for the rest of the season <laughs> on the locks. I don't know what you're talking about. Unless I put money on them, and then you're going to rally oh, all the well, way yeah, back and catch me. Start doing that. Start yeah, doing that. Uh-huh. Yeah, you'd love me to keep doing that. 
Um, if you weren't aware that my Tennessee over Green Bay pick was my lock for this week, then you're not following me on Twitter at IMLDDre. And uh, Twitter hasn't collapsed yet, uh, despite the, the rumors of its collapse being imminent. So go ahead and follow me. Follow Jay at IMLDJTG. We'll have that information for you uh, again later in the show. Yeah, yeah but, only on Twitter could people, hundreds of millions of people, complain about the collapse of Twitter. I- the site is dying. It's completely dying. In my next twenty tweets, I'll tell you how it's dying. If this um, is my, how many? Do you know how many times I've seen the? If this oh, is man. my last tweet, tweet. Oh my god! All weekend, all from Thursday night on, all weekend long, and and there yeah, it is, still standing. It's, but it's still going. Yeah, it's the Energizer Bunny. Oh, um, so since you are the man and you got more victories than me, you once again get the honors. So Jay, what in the world was the best thing to you in week ten in the NFL? Well, it wasn't the best game of the week. I will definitely say that. No, but it was within the best game of the week. And all I have written in my notes here is Justin Jefferson is him. Whew. Is he ever. That is, all right. Justin Jefferson is so good. He makes Kirk Cousins look good. Sorry, but he makes Kirk Cousins look good. That's how good Justin Jefferson is. Uh, you're doing your uh, Burns and Allen setup for yeah. me there. That is a Herculean task, if there is any. But uh, we talk about one percenters in that game. Some of those catches were probably one percenters, I guess, if you're doing some of those analytics. Uh, greatest catch took, of all time. I, I saw that. Too. One of the greatest catches of all time, yes, uh, that counted. <laughs> it was funny because one of the podcasts I listened to was talking about you could make a, a highlight reel of all the catches, the greatest catches of all time that were called back on penalties, and now they're oh, memory sure. hold. You know? Sure. But, uh, no, that was definitely one of the greatest catches that you'll ever see. But that was all wrapped up within a performance. There is no comeback. There is no Vikings win. There is nothing in the fourth quarter and overtime of that game without Justin Jefferson going insane. That uh, that fourth and 18 catch that he made, the miracle catch that he made, um, he put that team on his back. Kirk Cousins put the ball anywhere near Justin Jefferson, put the ball anywhere near him, and, and good things happened. And uh, we see this with some receivers, you know, we've, we've talked about this with these guys who look really good, give them a chance. And the, the Vikings have changed. You know, maybe the one positive thing you can say about this eight and one Vikings team is that they have shifted to more of a pass heavy attack, but that's also to complement and utilize their, their best weapon. Uh, you know, two weeks, last week's show, you know, I hate to boil it down to, to your award. We talk about the shit. But man, Jefferson, Jefferson, he's a shit. <laughs> that that he was. They could get away with throwing it up for him uh, and just go with that because he's going to bring it in. He's going to make every catch. It seems. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to go down that road. I, I'm I'm only worried that you know you're going to wear him out trying to do that. Like he might. Uh, wind up hurting something, going up and making all these miracle plays all the time, and trying to rescue his quarterback. But uh, if that's your best play, that's your best play, and that that's absolutely why they were able to come back and and win that game. You're absolutely right. Justin Jefferson is the reason A, B, and C uh, why the Vikings were in position uh, to take advantage of the center on the one yard line, uh, fucking up the snap and shoving it up his own, <laughs> own ass. And, yes, and the Vikings recovering for the touchdown. Um, we're, we're, we'll we'll go back to that game. We'll cover it. I got my award for it, but it's not the best of the week, so we'll, we'll talk more about it. There's plenty uh, to get to in that game. To me, the best thing for Week 10, uh, we both lost the pick, but 
the, the scene and the atmosphere in Munich was absolutely awesome. Oh, it okay. reminded me of, as a wrestling fan, uh, I'm, I'm big on atmosphere. I'm big on when you're part of a, of a happening, when you're part of a crowd, so into what's happening that it makes the entire event uh, elevated. It makes you feel like you're, you're in the middle of something special that you're always going to remember when you go home at the end of the night. You're like, wow, that was a thing. That was a happening. It just makes it feel like the, the biggest event you could imagine. Uh, makes it really special, special, memorable, uh, a, like a life event. And that's what it felt. It felt like Munich was, have, you know, having a life event, was having uh, the greatest football experience you could imagine watching uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, defeat the Seattle Seahawks. The crowd singing uh, Country Road, Take Me Home, yeah. while. And Sweet Caroline. <laughs> but, but, but they're singing it while Tampa is driving for the first down to try to put the game away. They're still singing. Yeah. The ball is snapped. The play is going on. They're still uh, serenading. Yeah. And no, Tom Brady was talking about just what a cool atmosphere that was. I mean, it, it was not the greatest game. Um, right. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That that was – it was – people don't think that, you know, American football is the biggest thing out there. Um, man, it, it it plays all over. Yeah, when you get the right market, the right spot, it's not sad. Yeah. Obviously, the first NFL regular season game there, and they treated it like it was special, and it made the uh, viewing experience seem special, and it made you feel like, man, I wish I was in the middle of that because that just seemed wild. They're still in the stadium after the game was put away. They stayed for I don't know how long after the game, but like you know, half hour, forty five minutes after they're doing the post game interviews on the field, and the crowd is still. It felt like the stadium was still full. Like they were, they didn't want to leave. They were just having a huge football party. It was, literally was the football party over there. We talk about our football party. That with, with beer and everything else, that literally was the football party over there. So, what? Okay. We don't, so, we don't get these things uh, during the normal <laughs> show. Cause the, no, I think – Am I making so much noise that I'm stirring up uh, the the, the pet? No, my dog is excited about the Munich game. Okay. (laughs) Everybody was excited. The dogs, the humans, everybody. Uh, By the way, that air horn came in about 10 seconds after I hit the button, so that's what we're dealing with right now. So you've got a little bit of a delay over there. Just a bit. Uh, That's why I was so startled because I hit the button and I hear the dog, and I'm like, no. Wait, what what button did I press? uh, Right. I hit the air horn button. I hear a dog, and I'm like, "Oh no, no, not that did not just happen." Oh, okay, so I, that, that that explains that. I, I really got uh, scared for a second there, um, but yeah, that was uh, that was quite the thing. Uh, that was the best thing to, to me for a week then. Wow. All right. Hey, you know that's nice because that that plays to something necessarily happening on the field, but something off the field, which we don't highlight a lot for that award. Um, I'll, I'll get back to that game for on the field. I'm not done with it. Yeah. It's funny this week because I've actually got – boy, she's really going. Uh, <laughs> but we're, we've got somebody coming over to the house to pick something up uh, this morning, so I think that's what she's barking at. Ah, I see. But And it's, a, it's supposed to be at 920, and look at that. It's 921. <laughs> so I apologize for the <laughs> – The cameo. I apologize for that. <laughs> uh, but I've got actually – multiple awards for the same game across my awards this week. That's how crazy last week was that I'm playing the uh, both sides of some games um, for Mm -hmm. some of these awards, which I don't try to do, 
But, you know, sometimes it's more like a tangential thing where, you know, it, it's a result of a game. So it's a separate award or something really silly that happened within a game and that's an award. So, yeah. So that was your best of the week. So I'll get to my uh, my worst of the week. Yeah. I, I like I write these notes almost like uh, almost like headlines here, but uh, my worst of the week just says Raiders go to the circus, leave as clowns. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. Uh, we might have our first FedEx mail it in team. Mm. And, and I didn't think it would be the Vegas Raiders, but that was special what they did last week that, that it showed up in every aspect of the game. They went and lost to a rookie head coach that we think about how much we dumped on. Well, just Saturday now is one win more than we have as an NFL head coach. <laughs> and, uh, can't use that line anymore. After we both expected them to just look embarrassed and silly. They actually looked motivated. Like they were having fun. They the, immediately, I knew something was up and I didn't change my pick when the first move I see on Saturday, on Sunday morning was, Oh, they went back to Matt Ryan. I was yep. like, "Uh Oh, wait, he's actually, <laughs> he's really coaching. Yeah. Bench for the season. What happened? Yeah. So here comes Matt Ryan plays a decent game. Justin Taylor shows up again. Um, and the Raiders just, they, they I want Josh McDaniels and Nathaniel Hackett to go full Thunderdome this week. Don't even play the game. I just want it to be Josh McDaniels and Nathaniel Hackett on, on the center field stripe, on the logo, battle to the steel cage match. Two, two men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> because I really hope whoever loses that game between the two of them just gets canned this week because I'm sick of them both now. Um <laughs> The Raiders are a total dumpster fire. You've got you've got Devontae Adams pushing photographers after games, calling people out. Derek Carr's busting out in tears after the game. Yeah. They hate their coach, and he has no pedigree. Other than being the offensive coordinator with Tom Brady for all those years, makes you kind of wonder who is the genius there. Um, Josh McDaniels doesn't have it. All these geniuses are having terrible years, but man, the Raiders to lose to that in that situation to make your quarterback cry, uh, yeah, they were. That's the worst thing I saw last week. Yeah, to get the uh, Colts get the dead cat bounce that you didn't think was going to happen uh, after getting Jeff Saturday uh, as the as the head coach. Uh, maybe uh, there is something to that, or maybe it's it's the garbage Raiders. Um, we uh, we concur on the worst of the week, Las Vegas. Uh, and boy wonder, they watch their opponent fire the coach and staff, hire a drinking buddy. That's Joe Thomas's words, not mine. I, I didn't call him a drinking buddy. Hire a drinking buddy as the new coach. Uh, everyone laughing at them, the entire football world laughing at them, including us. Uh, they had Bill Cower before the game on CBS calling it a disgrace to the coaching profession that they made that move. Yeah. And the, the disgrace walks into Las Vegas and knocks them off. Um that that's that's how the Raiders showed up. That's that was their response to all of that. Um, that's that's awful. That is just that's Matt Ryan with a 39 yard run just embarrassing you. That's that's not Justin Fields. That's not Lamar Jackson. That's not Mike, Michael Vick today. Probably could outrun uh, Matt Ryan by a good margin, even though he's been retired. That's Matt Ryan out there 
embarrassing your defenders and running up the sideline and juking guys uh, for for a thirty nine yard run. That's that's Matt oh, Ryan. Just, all right, hang on a second, because we're doubling up now. We're doubling up now. Because it's not just the run by Matt Ryan. It's the complete lack of hustle of that Raiders team jogging. I mean, if you watch I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna the get there. Hang on, I'm coming. They're I'm just on, I'm jogging there. after Matt Ryan like, oh, okay, I guess he's just going to go on this run and go to the sideline. And then you finally see a couple – one of the guys finally kind of wakes up and goes, oh, oh, wait a minute. He's, <laughs> he's really doing this. It took them 39 yards to figure it out. Oh, he's not running out of bounds? He's actually going to oh, keep going? And oh. if that guy hadn't just decided to, to turn on the afterburners, Matt Ryan might have taken it all the way to the house because all the Raiders <laughs> defenders just lollygagging, you know, just like, oh. He'd still be okay. running. That is a team that has completely quit. And that's where I saw that play is why I have them labeled as a FedEx team. Because yeah. you don't let Matt Ryan go off on a run like that. We're do, we're, there's guys who are clearly, like, we're talking DBs. Mm-hmm barely gaining ground on Matt Ryan on that. It was, there's what that that's, that that's my, that's my, my Danielle of the week. So yeah, I doubled up on yeah. that game because that was atrocious and, and the, the Raiders are done. Um, yeah, that, that, that's just such a that, that's the worst thing of the week because it's, it's a hibernating Colts offense. They've been asleep for, I don't know how long, yeah. uh, 147 rushing yards to Jonathan Taylor, who uh, had been asleep for the last month or so. Um, that, 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 that's the thing to me. It's just everything on the line, everything out there for everyone, everyone laughing at the Colts, everyone looking at the Raiders and going, okay, you're going to do something about this. This joke that Jim Mercy is perpetrating on the football world, you're going you're gonna to handle that, right, Boy Wonder? You're going to do something about that. And that's your effort? That's your And that's the Raiders? My fucking ass. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, yeah. So yeah, no, uh, that was a pretty easy, that was kind of a layup for us for worst of the week. I'd cry too if I was in my team refusing to tackle guys and refusing to fall on fumbles. There was something yeah. that happened there too. There was a fumble out there and they just, ah, well, I, don't, I don't feel like falling <laughs> just remember, on the ball. Just that wasn't, remember, that wasn't Lamar. That wasn't Justin Fields. Yeah. That wasn't Kyle. That was Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that guy, man. Yeah, the, the the worst for both of us for sure. I'm glad I'm glad that we you know because we were both on the wrong side of that one too. But I'm I'm glad that yeah. we highlighted that game because I we that I think that was an obvious one. You know, we're not always obvious with our our best and worst and all the awards that we give, but they deserve a special brand of shout out for that thing. The disgrace to football wasn't the Indianapolis Colts; it was the Las Vegas Raiders. It's the Raiders. Oops. As it turned out. <laughs> yeah, so we were complete... that. I don't think Bill Cowher was calling Josh McDaniels the <laughs> disgrace to coaching after the game. Uh, their their show will be on after we get off the air, so we can check it out and see if he does say that. I, don't I, I, doubt, I have, you know, I've I watched more will. football this year than I've watched in years, and I've watched zero pregame. Yeah, and I'm better for it. I watch very little pregame as well. So going completely away from that game, because I promise you, you're not doubling up or tripling up here with your smartest of the week. What was Smart- the smartest thing to you about of week, the week 10? I'm giving it to the Washington Washington's game plan. You got to. I mean, they ran it 
they didn't run efficiently against Philly, but they ran it 49 times against the Eagles. Keep going and to the works. The time of possession at, at, at one point in that game was like 35 minutes to five or something. It was ridiculous, whatever it was. You know, and it was uh, a lot of Brian Robinson, and then they'd give it to Gibson, and then they'd just the third down conversions. It felt like every third down for the uh, Potato Skins was a third and two. And it, you and know, they got people three. Want to com- what, what? And they got three. Yeah. Every third but, down was a third and two, and they would get three. They wouldn't, they wouldn't yeah, right. convert by a lot, but they would get it. But that just was, to me, it was like, you know, the, the Eagles were clearly, you know, ripe for that. It's a tough division matchup. Primetime, you're just expecting that they're just going to come out there and explode. And, and, they, and they tried, but, they, you know, you're off the field that much, and your defense is on the field that much. Give it to Washington for just Ron Rivera and that coaching staff. They just wore out the Philadelphia Eagles. And it just shows you how hard it is, first of all, to go undefeated, that something's just not going to go your way. And it just, it wasn't the Eagles night. And uh, they just immediately responded by just starting to sign like any free agent defensive lineman (laughs) that you can find because they realized that they have one weakness and everybody else buys it too after that game. Uh, So it remains to be seen if it's a good on them because you can't always just go and, you know, sign guys, and now everything. Hey, guys, it's fixed. This isn't Madden. You still got to, It'd be nice if it was, right? Right. You still got to go out there and and achieve results. But for for one night, Washington was the they were their better. And uh, I had that one. My God, I had that one yeah. because it seemed like you were just going to keep going on these primetime runs against me to to pull even every week. And I finally got finally got up on you. And had one there, but I did not have the stones to call that uh, victory. But now let's think back to the two longest starting winning streaks to start a season: Steelers and now the Eagles. Both ended by Washington. Mm. Maybe there's something to that, yeah. uh, or maybe it's just coincidence. Uh, it is coincidence, I, but it, yeah, point it is. I, I was really disappointed by the Eagles. If I didn't give them my letdown of the week, but it's definitely a very close second. I, I thought they're uh, they I, they didn't put up the required effort. I understand uh, Washington was committed to the run and they were trying. And I understand the Eagles are clearly missing your boy Red Stripe in there. Um, that was their answer to trying to fix the run uh, defense problem that they yep. had. And he's he's been fine when he's been in there, but he hasn't been in there the last few weeks. Um, but I thought they could have rallied a lot better and, and made it more uh, difficult for the uh, potato skins to do what they were doing. It was obvious what they were doing. They were just trying to, uh, com- you know, control the ball, time of possession, keep it away from Jalen Hurts and, and the offense. And Philly just kind of let them do it. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, another bad face mask, your favorite missed call, the Dallas Goddard fumble that played a big role uh, in the in the Washington victory. Um, but I, I think Washington just played harder and smarter and better and and, and took that game. I think the Eagles uh, hold them off if they have a better effort, but I think Washington, you know, giving credit to uh, to the commanders uh, for doing what they did. They they another huge play in the fourth quarter. Um, Eagles had uh, their down five to get Quez Watkins wide open uh, on a deep middle shot. Yeah, um, and he's he's on his way to the end zone. He's on his way home, and he's you know looking at the camera and waving to the crowd and all that, and he gets stripped. Uh, before he can make it there. Uh, 
Washington made the plays. Give them all the credit. They they did it. They took it from the Eagles. And yeah, we we all knew uh, Philly was going to find a way to lose because they weren't that dominant. They weren't they weren't they weren't going to go undefeated the entire season. Just a matter of picking when they were going to do it. So kudos to you for taking yeah. uh, Washington at least with the point spread. And, and people wanted to complain about Heineke on that hit on that, which I thought was like an IQ two hundred play, where he knows he's clearly sacked and then he goes down on one. He knee. just takes a knee, and, yeah. But then people are acting like that defender didn't rough him. That guy took four steps before he <laughs> ran into Tyler Heineke there, who clearly had given himself up on the play. I knew it was a penalty and a flag as soon as it happened. And then, but people after the fact are all trying to, ah, you know, the, the refs through the game. All the rest, you know, didn't call the face mask. So my, my stupidest of the week is all of those people. <laughs> I got something to say to the people who want to complain now, a little late to the party about refs not calling face masks. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's what I want to say to those people. Thank you, Earl. Because this has been a, an epidemic problem, and I've been hoiding, pointing this out for, for years, that these refs don't call these face masks. We've seen it. Not, we've seen it affect Super Bowls. We've seen it affect championship games. We've seen it affect uh, division round and wild card round. We've seen this actually affect playoff games. They're not going to care about it now after a Week Ten primetime game. Sorry, guys. Nice try. Yeah, it, it was very egregious and obvious. Uh, so I understand why it got all the press and all the cut because it was a you know primetime game and everybody's watching. Yep. But you're absolutely right. It's been happening. It's going to continue to happen because for whatever reason, that's a big hole in the middle of the officiating process is all those people on the field, all six, seven men and women in stripes. And uh, apparently nobody is in charge of watching to see if someone is grabbing someone's face mask during a tackle. Like it's really easy to miss apparently uh, at full speed. I guess so. And, you know, I understand and appreciate the speed of the game, but, Man, it just seems to always happen. And this time it happened where a guy gets injured and taken out for a yeah. chunk of the season yeah. and affects the, the actual outcome of the game. And it's 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 really bad look. Really, really bad look. I, I love how you're uh, really enjoying that soundboard over there. That's uh, you're, you're able to get out the cuss words that you can't spit out uh, because your your children are up right now. Yeah, um, I like this. <laughs> so that's. But that's no, that, that to me, the dumbest of the week is every single one of those people. Every yeah. person who wrote an article or every fan who complained, like this, this is some now new, new a problem. I saw one of the articles on Yahoo talking about uh, egregious missed call. Give me a break. <laughs> what about the, nobody said it was an egregious missed call in that Arizona Green Bay playoff game? 15 years ago or whatever, 12 years ago or whatever it was when Aaron Rodgers got tackled by his face mask on the game-winning touchdown for the defense, right? Nobody complained about that. Nobody complained about the obviously blown face mask in that Rams-Saints championship game that never would have allowed the uh, uh, Saints to get robbed on the other end, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the blown face mask of Jared Goff doesn't get called but then on the other end, they don't call pass interference, and we change all the rules for a season. <laughs> uh, and there was that. And there was a obvious blown face mask at the end of the uh, twenty-eight to three Super Bowl. Mm. 
that would have no, uh, I... offset that would have offset a holding penalty and kept Atlanta in field goal range at the end of that game. So people want to. That's just three off the top of my head. Right, well, there's plenty. There's plenty of instances. That's a, but but that's a Super Bowl, an NFC Championship game, and an NFC Wild Card game over the last decade plus. Obvious blown face mask calls, and people want to get all panties in a bunch about this one. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> there it is. Because you didn't Thanks. get it the first time, folks. Because I am. That's right. I am Mr. Blown Face Mask Call. Right, and you were there before everybody before else. It was you cool. were first. So <laughs> to the bad face. Hearing all yes. these people just get me got me all fired up this week. Not about the call, but about I people just suddenly like, oh, what? <laughs> yes, it happens, folks. Bad miss face masks happen all the time. Unfortunately. Hey, what uh, happened? <laughs> by the way, you called this week. <laughs> Uh, you called it YooHoo uh, bags uh, at the beginning of that. I think that should be our new <laughs> social media platform after Twitter goes down. We're going to call it YooHoo. <laughs> YooHoo. <laughs> uh, I love that. We need to patent that and, and get, uh, that, uh, get that website trademarked immediately. Uh, oh, my dumbest yeah. of the week. That's a collective dumbest award for everybody. Uh-huh. Um, dumbest team. Congratulations. Back in the spotlight. Dumbest team oh. in the league. Dallas Cowboys had long drives, got Aaron Rodgers stripped. They they were up 14. They're looking good. Everything is going their way. And then Dak and McCarthy happened. Oh, my God. Those guys. Uh, really, really stupid uh, interception by Dak um, after the Rodgers strip. Just took all that momentum. And, and here, take it right back. I don't want it. Uh, really dumb to let Christian Watson just keep getting open. You see that they don't have any weapons they trust, and here's this one guy making all the plays, and you're just going to keep letting them do it over and over to, to the tune of three touchdowns. Uh, Cowboys were the better team uh, up in up in Lambeau against the Packers. But there's no no doubt in my mind the Cowboys were the better team on the field, uh, and somehow Green Bay won the game. The, the Cowboys are just stupid, man. They're just so stupid. That's that's all, that's all I got to say about them. You know, hey, it took till week eleven, at least. Right, we've usually gotten the Cowboys out of the way for dumbest thing or stupidest thing or Mike McCarthyism or something really silly or Dan Quinn's light fast defense gets wrecked or they make crazy decisions. But it took them until week eleven, so that that's an improvement. I, I suppose. And, they, and they had then, no uh, business, no business losing that game. Zero. And now the the Ezekiel Elliott drama is going to come back today, and, and coach, medical expert, GM Jerry Jones is going to insert him back in the lineup, even though everybody thinks uh, Tony Pollard needs to stay yeah, yeah, getting the lion's share of I'm going to actually, after we get off this, I'm going to have to reevaluate, because I'm pretty sure I've got a fair amount of Tony Pollard in my, my DFS lineups this week. Um, because that's actually been a really strong play yeah. <laughs> while Zeke's been gone. And I don't know how well how good that looks in a timeshare, but we'll see. Um, but you, you and, just talked about uh, what's partially going to be my, uh, my my surprise of the week, and I've been kind of going with a theme here the last few weeks on on surprise of the week. Did they make, they came back. It's people coming back from the dead, and you just named one of them, and I'm going to give you a second one on top of it. So Christian Watson. Back from the dead, five touchdowns in two games now, but I'm not even talking about Thursday night. This is the guy who couldn't stay healthy on the field, dropped 
a 75-yard pass to start the season against the Vikings, which is like right there. Wide that should be open. the cover. That's that play where that, that get a good snapshot of that because that's the cover of your Packers 2022 season DVD <laughs> right there. Because that that set the tone for the whole season on that drop. But oh, he found the end zone three times and uh, baby Terminator. Yeah. Back from the dead, James Conner finds the end zone twice. Arizona finds even a semblance of a running game. They saw enough. They cut Eno Benjamin like on the spot. <laughs> I mean, within within a couple of days, Eno Benjamin, who'd been their starter three times, just cut. Get out of here, kid. Leave. We've yeah. seen enough. James Conner falls into the end zone twice. We've seen enough <laughs> of you. <laughs> So, yeah, James Conner uh, and uh, Christian Watson go full Undertaker this week. That seems to be my Undertaker award. I might just have to have an award for this next season. <laughs> it seems like some, course, some, every week somebody's coming back from the dead. Of course, the uh, Watson finds the end zone for the Packers and, and leads them to victory after all those L's in a row. And, you had money okay, on I, that game, didn't you? Did I have I don't know. I probably oh, okay. did. I, 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 Everything I played last week was a loser. Every single thing oh, okay. I tried to do last week. I had uh, under parlays that went over. Uh, I had uh, the Eagles was minus 11 and a half, and they lose straight up. That was a, a terrible one. Uh, of course, the Niners is uh, my lock of the week because I can't put money on my lock because that makes it a loser. But as soon as I stop putting money on it, it's back to being a winner. Um, gambling just isn't for me, man. It's just uh, I, I need. Well, to just remember, it. you're eight zero in locks that you haven't bet this year. <laughs> uh, where's the shotgun? No, um, I, I tell you. It's... Well, yeah, of course, uh, the Green Bay gets a, a guy that has some connection with Aaron Rodgers after Romeo Dobbs just completely disintegrates after I picked him up for my fantasy team. Uh, of course, all that stuff happened uh, naturally. The biggest story about that Rams Cardinals game wasn't to me wasn't James kind of oh, those Rams. Oh my gosh, uh, can it get much worse? I don't have an award for them because I think we've <laughs> danced on their graves and Sean McVay's grave enough this year. And I had them in it for an award, and then I took it away because I was like, uh, this is almost like a we should just have the Sean McVay award. It feels like because <laughs> have you from a Super Bowl winner to yeah. go from. To, to be this terrible with most of the same pieces, it's, it's a Yikes. precipitous fall. Um, yeah, I don't have an award for me either, but the just year of the, this is the year of the death of geniusness. Uh, in, in, a, in a way, uh, for, for certain guys, certain guys are getting exposed as far as well. I'm for all of uh, the guys who got hired off of like that trait, all of them are falling on their face this year. Kingsbury, McDaniel, McVeigh, Hackett, right? All these offensive geniuses are, uh, man, they're eating it this year. Uh, in McVeigh's case, you, you clearly have a lack of, of talent that you can rely on. Yeah. But part of your reputation is taking the talent that you have and making yeah. it better and scheming around Jared it. He got off to a Super Bowl. And hated it so much that he said, "Leave, get off my team." <laughs> but this now we, you, you get Stafford that can't play, uh, and you wind up with John Walford uh, at quarterback. And then yeah. as soon as you think it can't get much worse, he lays out a ball that Cooper Cup can't reach, and he winds up getting his leg almost snapped. <laughs> yeah, 
and it season yeah. appears to be over. Like this is about as bad as it's going to get for for the L.A. Rams. I don't know where where the bounce back comes. It's not going to be anytime soon. Um, even if Stafford gets back on the field this week, they are in a, in a really bad the, place. He's off the injury report, so that would make me think he's starting today. But that was that was the Randall Allen battle too. And you have no receivers. You're back. You lost to Colt McCoy. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know if it's going to get much worse. Uh, my surprise. So that was your surprise. My surprise. That was my surprise. Um, uh, just going back to the uh, Vikings Bills game, just that that sequence was everything about it oh. was a surprise. Yeah, that, that was my surprise because that's what makes it uh, where people want to call it, you know, the greatest game and the best game of the year. It wasn't the greatest game, or it it, it was the best theater game. It was the best dramatic game of the year because it was like a soap opera. Like everything that kept happening was just, oh my god, that happened. Oh my god, that whole sequence. Uh, the, the Jefferson catch, you already mentioned, it was 4th and 18 when he decided to go up and one-hand grab a ball for a first down out of uh, the defender Cam Lewis's hands. That's one of the best catches I've ever seen because for a few, a few different reasons. The one-handed part of it is, is obvious. The uh, circumstance of it is obvious. It's 4th and 18. If you don't come down with a miracle catch, the game's over. The center can fumble the snap, and it doesn't matter because there'll be – uh, on the other side of the field, to be down in their own uh, uh, in uh, in Viking territory, they won't be on their own one yard line, so it wouldn't even matter. Um, but so the circumstance, and then also the last part of it is the defender had two hands on the football. Yeah, and Jefferson still ripped it in with one hand. That was like you. That's there's mossing, and then there's I'm taking this ball from you because I'm better than you, and there ain't a fucking thing you can do about it. That's what that was. That was, this is my ball now. I don't care if you have two hands on it. I'm taking this, and you can't do it. That's why Justin Jefferson is him, as you already uh, correctly pointed him. out. <laughs> he is him. That's one of the greatest I've ever seen. So that kicks off the sequence where Jefferson thinks he then scores a touchdown, ruled down at the one-inch line. Which was uh, correct. He, he was, was correctly correct. down. They go for it. Third down, fourth down, can't get it in. Vikings stopped at the goal line after they thought they had scored after that incredible catch. Wow. Buffalo survived all of that. And they're going to go ahead and win this game with some kneel downs. Oh, shit. They fumbled the snap at the goal line. And the Vikings score a touchdown anyway uh, after the project fumble. or I I put that on the center because I think that was a bad snap. Uh, so, oh, my God, now that, like you said, the win percentage, oh, my God, now the Vikings are in front with a handful of seconds left. Now what's going to happen? The, the, the Bills have to have a miracle comeback like they're, like they're Pat Mahomes or something and get down the field in a record amount of time to try to get a, a field goal attempt, and they do it. And they do and it, they yeah. Do. They get down the field with a field goal to force overtime uh, in, in which the Vikings uh, eventually get on the board with a field goal, and then the Bills have their chance to come all the way back. And Project is doing it. Bad elbow and all that, UCL and, and everything going on. And he is putting it all on the line. And he's doing what he has to do to will his team down the field to get in position to win the game until they get to the end zone and he throws another terrible interception to Patrick Peterson. And that's the ball. That, that the whole thing was just a surprise because you just you expected uh, the Vikings to put it away after getting that gift touchdown uh, on the fumble, and they couldn't do it. And then the Vikings get the field goal uh, in overtime, and you 
they oh, well they if they can hold down Buffalo on this drive and put it away, but nope, Buffalo is coming all the way back. They get all the way back downfield. Oh, Bills are gonna do it, man. They're they're all the way back. Yeah. They're in the red zone. They're gonna win this game. Oh my God! Interception to Patrick Peterson and, and the Vikings are. Uh, so the couple of takeaways in that game. Josh Allen. Josh Allen has had some rough yeah. decisions yeah. the last few since he got hurt. His deci- I don't mm-hmm. know if did he hurt his brain because I, I thought he hurt his arm, <laughs> but his throws, his decision making, he's throwing the ball right to dudes these last few games. So yeah, that's the couple of takeaways. Uh, is the Vikings are the luckiest team in the world? Yes, they just keep finding ways. Luckier than the Giants? Well, there can be an argument for that. Um, and... <laughs> they play each other. <laughs> they need to. <laughs> they might in the playoffs. That's scary. Um, and project that was uh, the other that all the other surprises in that whole sequence. But that's the other surprise is oh by the way, project in that UCL. I guess he's okay because he started out the game a little slow and he looked like he was taking it easy yeah. and not trying to do too much. And then there was one point in the uh, toward the end of the first quarter where there was a throw that he unleashed. It was like, ooh, oh, there it is. There's that, there's that zip. Uh, he's not holding back any longer. So he, he tried to take it slow. And once he fig- figured out he can't hurt it any worse, once he was okay and comfortable with the pain level, he, he was just ripping. That, that, was the, that was the project that we know uh, the rest of the game. He was just letting it go. Um, and, yeah, the only thing that's wrong with him right now is the decision-making process. Dude. Yeah. Gotta, it turns out if, smarter this is, throws. if this is just a pain management issue, then he'll be yeah. fine. That's what um, it looks like. Well, we'll see. Um, but they, 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 it wasn't their offense that blew that game. Oh, no. I mean, it was kind of, but it wasn't. You know, the, <laughs> They had the Vikings down, and then their defense was giving it up. So, Yeah, when you score 30, uh, that, that's not the offense uh, ruining the game. Yeah. Ah, well, ironically, that leads to my letdown of the week. When we talk about scoring 30 and losing, mm-hmm. I got to give it to your Bears. Um, oh, man. <laughs> sorry. I don't, I'm not trying to, uh. you know, have I'm – I'm really not trying to, to dance on their grave here because I, I had this one. Um, I locked this one. This one hurt because, it, you know, just Justin Fields tried really hard again to be – uh, if it wasn't for Justin Jefferson, he might have done it again. But here's mm-hmm. the Bears the last three weeks. This Bears offense, four weeks, actually, has scored 33, 29, 32, and 30. And they're one and three. Hmm. Bears. Uh, including losing three in a row, scoring, averaging over 30 points a game. Probably not the best time to trade Robert Quinn. Mm-hmm. Roquan Smith, yeah. like now that you've found some offense in this conference, might have made a difference having those two guys the last th- two, three weeks. Uh, that's definitely a letdown because, it, 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 boy, does this, feel, this feels like the Jim Miller Bears. I want to take you back a ways, but Ooh. you remember the days when Jim Miller was just setting all the Bears passing records? They were losing a whole lot of games. 31-30 and 35-32 because their their offense looks almost, you know, com- like they figured it out. It's, it's let let Justin cook, apparently. And <laughs> they're, they're mixing in just enough passing. He keeps busting off all these runs. They're designed. There's actually, like, thought process behind this offense. And they completely just immolate their defense. Good job, Bears. That That's a letdown. Can't imagine what a letdown that is actually being a Bears fan. 
you got to be a long, long time Bears fan and football fan to have any reference to the Jim Miller uh, drop that you just put in. And who remembers Jim Miller um, unless you're a really long time football fan? And yeah, you're right. He was uh, he was balling for a second there, looking really productive and just couldn't overcome the terrible, terrible defense. Uh, second time we're going to double up in awards. Uh, Chicago was indeed my letdown as yeah. well. Uh, they fall again after another balls out effort from Justin Fields. So a buck 47 rushing on the ground again, just all sorts of quarterback rushing uh, marks that no one's ever done before. Not even Michael Vig, not Lamar, not anybody is, is to this particular uh, prolific level that Justin Fields is doing it Two rushing touchdowns. And also two passing touchdowns. You should not lose a game in which a quarterback is running for a buck forty-seven and two touchdowns, and then also throwing two touchdowns as well. Uh, but yeah, I put my foot in my mouth for for this letdown. I said Detroit ain't gonna come back on Chicago like Tua and the Miami Dolphins did. If the Bears get up on the the Detroit Lions, they ain't gonna make that comeback. Yeah, okay, um, got that one. I, I don't want to. I don't Another want to let Justin Fields call. completely off the hook because that pick six he threw looked—that was ugly. You cannot throw that ball to Jeff Okuda. You can't throw that ball. Oh, that was bad. But he bounced you, back and ran the long touchdown right after it. So it's like he, he sure kind did. of made up for it. But you, you can't when you're up seven or whatever they were up at that point. That you can't do that deep in your own territory. You so I don't. Yes, Justin Jefferson. I mean, the Justin Fields. There's a lot of just, a lot of good Justin play. Um, <laughs> some just incredible. Uh, put mm. him in there too. But yeah. Shout just out to awful. Peter Polacco. Yeah, um, can't 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 throw that ball. The common thread in Chicago and Dallas blowing uh, two touchdown fourth quarter leads. They both led by 14 in the fourth quarter and found a way to lose the game. Uh, yeah. Bad quarterback decisions and bad defense. Common thread there for the Bears and Cowboys. So uh, both of them definitely need to work on that. Now, one of those teams was expected to, you know, make a playoff run, win their division and all that, and the other one wasn't. So the expectation level isn't anywhere near the same, but uh, they both seem to have the exact same yeah. uh, issues right now. Don't want to tell you this, but at 24-10 to 10 with 11.42 to go in the game, the Bears had a 96.6% oh. chance of winning. And they do win those games 96 out of 100 times. That's true. Yeah, yeah, because most teams haven't traded their two best defenders. <laughs> yeah. Right when they're uh, – the ironic part, and this is why it's a letdown, is that it actually looks like a team now that could have been poised to go on a run who's now destined to lose a lot of games 30 to 28 the rest of the season. If they knew that this is what they had, if they started doing this earlier in the season with their quarterback instead of yeah. dilly-dallying around – then maybe they wouldn't have uh, been in that position. So. If in that, that NFC. if that. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's, uh, so we're both letting that one down. Yeah, we we, we doubled up on that one. Uh, to see if we can make it three in a row. Struggling, struggling. Let's see if we're double. We both hit it at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to double up on this one. I'm giving it to the Saints. Uh, hmm. That offense, quote, unquote, offense, that they displayed uh, on the field against Pittsburgh was, was, was pretty awful. They ran for 29 yards. You have Alvin Kamara. I don't care that you're going on the road, but you also have 
you got Olave, you've got weapons at receiver. I know they don't have everybody that they're supposed to have, but they they got to be better than this. And that that Saints team has been struggling offensively seemingly all season. And then when they do have a good game, it's sandwiched in between Andy Dalton throwing two pick sixes in a one minute span. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, apparently T.J. Watt is him because his just being on the field made the Saints melt down. Yeah. But they couldn't run. They couldn't throw. They threw two more picks in that game. And in that division, after we had just kind of anointed them as that three-win team that could possibly make a run, uh, they go to Pittsburgh and completely lay an egg, which I predicted, but that doesn't mean it's still not a struggling team because I got mm-hmm. it right. Uh, the Saints are struggling. Yeah, they are. I'm so glad you referenced it because you – uh, pointed out, I don't have them as a struggling, but it directs me back to my smartest, which I apparently I forgot. Uh, we were, oh. were skipping around, and I jumped right over it. So my smartest refers to that game where the Steelers ran the ball 43 times. Ah, so there's a common uh, theme between my uh-huh. smartest. <laughs> yeah, uh, run the ball. When you, when you don't trust your quarterback, just run the football, and things can turn out much better for you than you think. Uh, 43 throws to 30. Uh, 43 runs, rather, to 30 throws for Kenny Smallhands uh, as the Steelers knock off the Saints. That is not a good look for Dennis Allen's offense. Uh, That's not a good look for the defense to give up chunk plays to that sleepy Steelers offense. But when you rely on the run uh, and things get opened up, that's how it works. Najee Harris, 20 carries for 99 yards. All the rumors about him possibly uh, getting uh, demoted as he holds off Jalen Warren, who only had nine carries for 37 yards. Uh, and in between that, they used Kenny Smallhands on the ground for 51 yards and a score. Uh, yep. George Pickens ran in a touchdown. You this did. is what you got to do. You got to yep, rely on money. the run. When, <laughs> there you go. Uh, when you when you don't trust your your QB all the way uh, and your your offense is struggling, uh, then you got to do the smart thing and, and use your running attack. Yep. And, and Pittsburgh commits to the run instead of hoping Kenny can rescue him through the air. I think uh, Mike Tomlin already has figured out that's that's not going to be the answer. There. <laughs> and we could have. Ajay Harris in the Undertaker uh, surprise yeah. too. We were talking about somebody else who'd been left for dead, and they were. Uh, we we already had talked about how they had ascended. Uh, was that Jalen Warren? You yeah. know, maybe it lit a fire because Ajay Harris five yards a carry. Much better than he had, he had been doing all year. So that sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. So what, who was uh, your struggling? So moving on to my struggling. Um, in a couple of different ways in that Broncos-Titans game. Uh, first of all, just the two Damn. offenses. 17 punts. Damn. That's struggling no matter how you want to cut it. That's just barf. That's just yeah. awful, awful football. Then, separately from that struggling, my fantasy wide receivers. Second week in a row that one of my fantasy wide receivers gets the sniper shot and just goes down in the heap and gives me Oh, Jerry points. Judy? Yes, just yeah. out, just running his route, and then dunk down. And they thought it was an Achilles, yeah. and it's apparently some muscle behind his ankle or whatever. But second weekend, or Romeo Dobbs, a couple weekends ago, dipped down. Uh, was that the Thursday night game, I think? Um, yeah. And then now, and then Romeo Dobbs down zero points, zero catches, zero anything. Uh, that you you can't have much more gut wrenching if you're playing a fantasy game in which. Uh, you see a guy go down with zero points and is ruled out for the game. Like, okay, so that's a zero. That's a, a, a you know a, a complete 
nothing that I'm getting from that position. It, it's bad enough, and I and I lose because I get two zeros because it's bad enough when you make just dumb uh, lineup calls and get a zero from that. I started Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Speaking of struggling, no carry. <laughs> yeah, no, I I've got the sense that's Pacheco's job now. Apparently, it's got to be because Clyde got nothing, literally no carries uh, in that Chiefs game. Um, I, I was I was completely blown away by that. So um, because he's but afraid yeah, of the football. <laughs> you and Mina were all over that. Um, so that my struggling is, is Romeo Dobbs and then Jerry Judy just done before they can give me any points, just running and, and drops completely dead on the field. The, the sniper got him. That's all, that's all I can yeah. say. Sniper got him. Uh, I uh, already gave uh, Matt Ryan and, and the Raiders quote unquote hustle um, <laughs> my Danielle award this week. So that's up. It's all you to finish us out. Uh, I'll go back to the, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Back to the game uh, that uh, that that Germany game uh, for the game seventy two seventy one. I know what this is going to be. You texted me this one. Everyone knows what this is. <laughs> Tampa Bay Bucks are up fourteen to three on Seattle and driving, and they're inside the Seattle thirty. So they're looking like they're going to put this thing away uh, much earlier uh, than they did. So this looks like it's going to be over real early. For some unknown reason, Byron Leftwich decides to send in the play from the sideline. Let's have Leonard Fournette take the yeah. snap, roll right, and then look back and throw left to the sideline to his intended receiver, Tom Brady. Uh, what? Who was covered by? Uh, oh, that's that is not that's not just somebody. That's NFC Defensive Rookie of the Year candidate Tariq Woolen. That's out there. Goes up and gets the gift uh, interception, and Brady fell down. Yeah. On top of that, and Brady trips Woolen after the pick for a cheap ass uh, personal foul because clearly he was frustrated by the whole thing. Why? <laughs> why did you call that? Why did you call that? Why did Fournette throw that? It basically looked like he threw it blind, like he was just going to throw it no matter what. Brady's lying yeah. on his ass when this ball is in the air. Brady's already lying on his ass. Woolen is looking like looking up like, oh, my God, this is a gift from heaven coming into my arms right here. The only thing that was missing after all that is, is for Brady to pull out a firearm and shoot Woolen and get disqualified from the game or something. That's the only thing oh, wow. that could have made that play worse. That's everything else about that play was terrible. Uh, that's the only thing that was missing. I guess if Woolen would have ran it back for a pick six would have been uh, what made it worse. But other than that, there's no reason to call that play. If you were losing, if you um, under any circumstance, there's no reason to call a, a throwback from your running back to your 45-year-old quarterback who has caught, I, I want to guess, almost no passes in his entire career. I'm, I'm just guessing. Uh, absolutely one of the worst play calls you will ever see and especially in that circumstance, that they were up and driving, they're lucky that didn't completely turn everything around and the Seahawks didn't come back and win that game. Yeah, because the Seahawks, you know, after looking sort of awful in the first half, they did make a comeback attempt. I mean, they did acquit themselves in the second half. We were just like, oh, geez, the Seahawks are kind of, you know, I guess the carriage is turning back into a pumpkin for the Seahawks. It's like, no, okay, it's. Maybe it was the travel. Maybe it was something because in the second half that was a that was more the Seahawks game than the than the Bucks game. Yeah, 
but they they that could have really uh, turned everything around if they uh, if they let that because there's no reason to call that no reason at all. Yeah. <sighs> all right. All right. Um, anything else you want to cover 11. about week ten? We. Uh... uh yeah. Let's see here. Any because we probably did miss a few games. I just want to go back here and see uh, if we have anything brilliant to, well, I want, say. I want to uh, say on, on Sunday night uh, Justin Herbert showed me something he finally cut it loose uh, he made the, the Clippers yeah. actually look a little more respectable than they had yeah. been looking they um, got that and, under your number yeah uh, Niners were dominant on the ground to get the win but that but they did not cut of course they didn't cover because I put money on it because it was my lock of the week <laughs> Uh, 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 Harrison uh, Bucker or whoever was kicking for the Chiefs cost me a win uh, to push that mm. Jacksonville KC game on an extra point. But you know, again, boy, we, I watched Chiefs are up twenty to nothing. They were, but the and the Jags are like I said. I, I've just uh, this game cemented for me what I said last week that they're like that year too soon team. Like you can see, they're competitive. They're trying. There's pieces in place. The defense isn't bad. Lawrence actually is improving. ETN looks like a solid running back, uh, really involved in the passing game. Like you can see, like a year or two from now, I could see Jacksonville being a force in that division because it's a bad division. But at least they're the at least they're trying. They'll be the at least they tried this year. Uh, We did that with the Giants a couple seasons ago for the season DVD. At least they tried. And and that'll be your Jacksonville team. Because they haven't quit. The definition of also ran. They they were there too. They also ran. They were there. Yeah. They're trying. But they're just, you know, they tried. I'll give them that. They, they, uh, Kansas City went to sleep and let Jacksonville rally. That, they that did. wasn't <laughs> that, that was terrible the, for, for them to cover that. Um, Giants beat Houston. No big deal. Uh, I should have locked up the Dolphins because we, we both said that <laughs> Yeah, uh, no problem. Jack, that they couldn't hang with Tua, and yeah, they, they couldn't. They they tried yeah. too. Uh, you know, Nick, Nick Chubb got his, but yeah, my, Miami uh, put one on Cleveland, and and but neither one of us locked that up. Of course not. <laughs> if I if I did, the Browns would have put up forty points. Oh, they would have won. Okay. So, yes. Well, we get one more week of the of the Jack Brisket Browns, and we'll figure out all those picks uh, coming up in a couple of minutes after I tell you where you can listen to our show. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason's on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you can get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and go through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog 
is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. Tell early we're doing uh, things in the morning on Sunday. Uh, had to run and get something to drink because I didn't have time before the show because we had all those connection issues. So I'm peeking my head into the uh, main bedroom to ask my wife uh, if I'm being too loud, if we're disturbing or anything. And she's still asleep. So, nice. <sighs> now she has weird hours. She stays up for you know all hours being uh, trying to get her travel agency uh, off the ground. So she's always up till three, four, five in the morning. So I'm Shouldn't oh, wow. be completely surprised she's still asleep, but yeah, she's she's still knocked out in the bedroom, so I don't have to worry about uh, noise as far as that as that's concerned. So that's good. Uh, Thirteen uh, games left to pick this week. Four teams uh, watching from home along with us: the Jaguars, the Dolphins, the Seahawks, and the Buccaneers. And we will get to our picks where we're we're not done with uh, foreign games. We're done with Europe, but we still got one more game out of the country to go on Monday night. We'll get to that at the end of the show. Stateside, let's start with the Jets and the Patriots up in Foxborough. Uh, six and three New York Jets and the five and four Patriots. So uh, a battle of winning teams uh, in that division. Uh, very surprising at this stage of the game. Um, this is a rematch of the week, uh, was the week eight, a few weeks ago, where the Patriots went up to uh, to Jersey and beat the Jets 22-17. Zach Wilson just losing the game by throwing up some really, really ugly, bad interceptions, uh, seeing ghosts out there, because he wasn't being yep. pressured for a lot of those. So uh, we'll see if uh, get another Chaco Hooters out of you. Uh, terrible quarterback, great coach. Terrible quarterback, great coach. Uh, See how you land on that one. Corey Davis, the wide receiver, will still be out for the Jets with a knee injury. Um, defensive tackle issues for both teams. Sheldon Rankins is out for the Jets with an elbow. So maybe some running room there. But Christian Barmore out for the Patriots, and he went on injured reserve with a bad knee. So uh, maybe running room for both teams in this one. Uh, Jets are the dog plus three and a half at the Patriots. Yeah, not quite. It's funny that you said that because I was actually going to lead in by saying that this isn't quite Chaco Hooters territory for me, uh-huh. but it's really close. I'm not going to lock this one up, but Zach Wilson missed you know, missed a lot of time. He's probably still only played as many games as a as a rookie quarterback would play. It's not quite a rookie quarterback with Bill Belichick, but it, it feels like it might be. I, I think Zach Wilson outclassed here on the road in Foxborough. Uh, yeah, both running games might have a little bit of room, so who do you trust more? Do you trust James Robinson, Michael Carter, or do you trust Ramondre Stevenson? I trust Ramondre Stevenson, who's quietly been one of the most productive backs out there. I'm glad that he's starting to get the lion's share of the work over Damian Harris. Now that he, I know Harris was injured, but now he's back, and Stevenson is still getting the bulk of the work. This is an opposite Cowboys situation where clearly the better back is going to get the work because, you know, apparently Robert Kraft doesn't have a hard-on for uh, Damian Harris like like Jerry does down in Dallas. So 
I, I think that Bill Belichick is still going to be able to like frustrate and confuse and, and get the uh, you know Ghost Boy 2.0 into making some mistakes here. So I'm going to take the uh, Patriots and give the points. You said that was three and a hook, right? That is. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them. The hook always scares you, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give the points. Um, I certainly see the uh, the rationale in that. I see dead people. And I got both of these quarterbacks. They they make me want to puke, honestly, both of them. Um, I completely agree whose run game dominates this game wins the game. Um, I'm just going on a, on the other side of you, that's all. Uh, and I have nothing against Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's uh, great as well. But the Jets uh, present a little stronger run game overall as far as a little more uh, explosive plays, I think, with, with Robinson and uh, and Carter. And I think the Patriots uh, present a less stout uh, front seven than what the Jets are doing. The Jets' defense is really coming to play this year on both ends. Um, I'm really impressed by them. I, I knew they would have a, an improvement with the, with that great draft class, uh, but I didn't know it was going to be quite this solid. Like, they really look like one of the defenses that they're going to be, if they do keep this winning record going and make the playoffs, they're definitely going to be one of those teams. Oh, nobody wants to play the New York Jets just because – those kids on defense, they, they make plays and they're, so, they're solid uh, fundamentally as well. They're, they're in the spots they're supposed to be at when they're supposed to be. So uh, definitely low scoring, definitely uh, best run game wins uh, and grinds it out. But I'm going to say the Jets do that and, and split the season series. Well, you know, From shocking. There, we haven't, usually we agree on the first seven <laughs> picks. <laughs> you're, you're right. Uh, let's go to Carolina and Baltimore. Let's see how we see this one shaping out. Panthers are three and seven. When did the Panthers win three games? I don't know when the hell that happened. I'm, I'm uh, They beat Atlanta. Okay. Ooh, couldn't tell you the other two. <laughs> uh, I, I can go back and look later. But they beat Atlanta, I... they beat New Orleans, and they beat – oh, they can beat their division. Ah, that explains it. They have, left, no. they have lost every other game <laughs> outside of their division. They have, they're 3-0 and oh in their division – uh, three and one, three and one, because they had that other game where they should have beaten Atlanta and didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, three and one in their division. So now it all makes sense. Oh, and uh, six outside, against everybody else. Uh, definitely outside their division, playing the AFC North's Baltimore Ravens at six and three, uh, coming off of their bye. Uh, should have their tight end Mark Andrews back up with his yep. shoulder injury. Um, for the Panthers, P.J. Walker down with an ankle injury, allowing them to put Baker Mayfield back in there at quarterback. Uh, do with that what you will uh, if you're a Panthers fan. Uh, biggest spread of the week, Panthers are plus 13 at the Ravens. Yeah, the only question in this game, I have no questions about Baltimore. My only question is which Carolina team shows up? Do we get the Carolina team that beat Atlanta on Thursday night? On that Thursday night, or do we get the Carolina team that got absolutely destroyed by Cincinnati and Joe Mixon? I, I, good luck if you have any idea what to make of this game. There seems to be something going on with P.J. Walker and D.J. Moore, you know, for for the good, where they were really hooking up and making some nice plays. I don't think this team is bought into Baker Mayfield at all. I don't think he's going to bring anything to the table. This really needs to be a, a get-off game for Baltimore. Get a big lead and keep it for a change. I am begrudgingly going to give all the points and take the points here, just kind of hoping that they're getting the, the dead Carolina Panthers team and, and not the dead cat bounce Carolina Panthers team. 
I agree that it's impossible to figure which Panthers team you're going to get from one week to the next. I agree that the Ravens need to eat here, and they they got to take out Baker Mayfield, take him out back, and, and put a bullet in the back of his head and make an example of them to sort of get back on track. Um, and, and I agree that it's painful uh, on either side because to trust Lamar and give 13 and trust the Ravens' yep. defense that they're going to be able to put somebody away by two touchdowns like that is tough, but also to trust Baker Mayfield under any circumstances is tough, and to trust the Panthers' franchise that's obviously trying to quit is very tough. I'm going to begrudgingly take the points and take the Panthers because I can see them being completely outclassed all game and still losing by like 10 or oh. 11. God. No, I need them to show up like they showed up against Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, I don't have money on them, so I, there's a chance Get that might it. happen. But <laughs> right, no, no, no money for me this week. I, I think I've learned my lesson, at least for now. Uh, if that game wasn't bad enough for you, here's Washington versus Houston. Yeah, the five and five. When did the Washington Washingtons win five games. When the, the they're five and five. How in the yeah, hell well, they beat they beat the five? Packers. They barely beat the Bears. Right. They, they, that Carson oh, Wentz game yeah. with, with the broken hand. You know, of he was course. good enough to beat the Bears and then go on IR. Yeah, they've had some wins. They... That that is not a team I would think would be five hundred. So, uh, Houston is one seven and one. That makes sense because they are terrible. That's probably the yeah. worst team in the league. Uh, Chase Young is not ready to debut yet. There was talk all week that he might be ready to uh, make his season debut, but not going to happen this week. Uh, for Houston, there are not very many bright spots, but their rookie cornerback, Daryl Stingley, is one of them. He's out for this game with a hamstring injury. Uh, Washington Washingtons are favorite, but not big favorites. They are only minus three against the Texans. Right. So here's what we have here. We've got Washington, Washingtons, you know, they slayed the dragon on Monday night, so they're totally going to go to Houston and lose. I've got Houston to win this game. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Um, I'm, I'm taking the Washington, Washingtons. I, if they're going to dominate somebody, this is the game to do it. Houston's just, a, they're, they're the worst team. They're the worst they team in the league. They are terrible. They, um, they absolutely 100% completely are. And like I said, with Stingley being out, that's about all Houston had going for them was some decent play from him at the cornerback position. And now the beer man is probably going to light them up through the air in addition to what they do on the ground because Houston is the the worst uh, run defense in a big margin, like really bad. Um, So they're going to get it both ways from from Washington, it would appear. And, And being only minus three helps a lot as well. Uh, Chicago goes to the Dirty Dirty, uh, Bears and Falcons in a battle of quarterbacks that like to run and don't necessarily know what to do when they try to pass. Uh, Bears are three and seven, Falcons are four yep. and six. Uh, you had uh, praised Khalil Herbert in the uh, running back exchange with the Bears. He is now on IR with a hip injury. Uh, for the Falcons, uh, they might get A.J. Terrell back. Uh, that cornerback with a uh, hamstring injury, uh, but do they really need him? Because Justin Fields doesn't really want to throw. So they might not even need him back for this game. Uh, cop out line for this one, Bears are plus three at the Falcons. Uh, I'm going to go with, because you got the two running quarterbacks, but only one of them is on the verge of being benched, it feels like, after every bad play. Uh, I, I, I mean, I am completely on Desmond Ritter watch, especially if this game starts to go south. I wouldn't be shocked to see Desmond Ritter in the second half. I love the over on this game. Neither one of these teams can stop the run. Neither one of these teams plays any defense. 
I, I think this game could easily go back and forth, up and down the field. I'm, I'm just taking the, the pushiness of this game and the points, basically. I mean, I could see the Bears losing this game by one or two, just like they did against Detroit, but I could also see them winning this game because they seem to actually have the more cohesive offense right now. But the, the, the amount of lack of defense, I would say, in this game, this might be the most fun game of the week. But I think this, if this game is going to spiral out of control for one team or the other, I think it spirals out of control for Atlanta more than it does for uh, for Chicago. Because we, we talk about Justin Fields making bad decisions. Marcus Mariota, I, now I know why he only throws 10, 12 times a game. <laughs> Man, some of those things he was doing in the la- in that Thursday night game. It, oh, I'm taking the Bears and the points. That is, might also be it might be uh, the most exciting game of the week. It also might be the most uh, mistake-riddled, crazy uh, why yeah. did you do that game of the week? Uh, Danielle might be watching this whole game from start to finish, just waiting uh, to get out of her chair and yell something. Because uh, both these teams and both these quarterbacks are capable of some really, really bad mistakes. But uh, we're going to concur on this one. That Bears speed derby offense in a dome, uh, that could be a track meet. That Because what they've been doing is setting all these records. That's been on that terrible soldier field grass for the last couple of weeks. And now they yeah. get down in the dome situation. Whew. Uh, I'm, I'd first – First team to 200 yards rushing wins, and I think that very well should be uh, Chicago. Although Atlanta's going to give them, you know, a run for their money as well. Um, and also the quarterback making the least dumb decisions should be the winner. And I, I think that's Justin Fields. I think he's uh, making right. uh, some dumb decisions, but not as many as Mariota. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, by Justin the way, Fields' dumb decision came by virtue of a pass rush, which Atlanta has done. <laughs> that, that's a good point. Um, so your your organization down there is is doing the the uh, vote of confidence. They say Mariota's a guy. So I don't no, know. That, that's... Oh, that's not good. So uh, give me your <laughs> my, my favorite PFF stat of the week. When you look at total season grades, uh, Falcons and Bears are thirty one and thirty two graded pass rush. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. The only team that has a graded pass rush than the Falcons is the Bears. Um, theoretically, both teams you want to pass more because they, they're going to have the opportunity. Uh, this so game, we'll see how this that game plays could out. get wild. <laughs> very, very much, uh, very, very wild indeed. All right, Detroit and the Giants. Uh, Lions yeah. are three and six. New York uh, seven and two up there in Jersey. Uh, for this one, the Lions uh, expecting their wide receiver DJ Chark to return to their rotation. For the Giants, Kenny Dolladay, his big return game, his big revenge game against the Lions. He's got a knee injury. He's such a pussy. He's he's not going to play. He's he's, he's been hurt for a while. It feels like his entire career he's hurt. Cop uh, out in this one. Uh, ankle biters are plus three at the G men. I think the funny thing about the Giants that we're not paying attention to on their run here is how they continually get matched up every week against teams that are just dog shit against the run. <laughs> How does this keep happening? How many times are they going to play the Texans and the Lions every week? <laughs> and the Packers? And the, they just keep playing teams that can't stop the run, it feels like, in perpetuity. Yeah, I, I hate to say that the Giants are going to win in cover, but it, this is the Saquon Barkley show. Again, you get the Lions out of the dome. They're going onto the grass. Everything slows down for them. We saw what happened. They went up to New England onto the grass. I mean, I'm not saying that the Giants are the Patriots, but I have a really hard time taking the Lions outdoors in the cold on grass against a team that's built to win these types of games. So I'll take the Giants and give the points, even though the fakest team in the league. <laughs> uh, 
wasn't I didn't have time to make my coffee for this show this morning. This is the caffeine bowl. This game right here. Both of these uh, head coaches uh, might spontaneously combust at midfield before the game even begins. These both of these guys, <laughs> uh, Dan Campbell and Brian Dable. Oh my God, they are just there's there's some article on uh, uh, PFF Talk, a uh, Pro Football Talk about some meeting that Dable had with Dan Campbell, where apparently Campbell was throwing chairs and slamming tables in the meeting, uh, wow. like some sort of interview or something. I didn't get a chance to read it. I will read it at some point um, after we do this show, because I got to, that, that just seems like it seems too good to be true. And yet I 100% believe it before I even read the story. I, I completely believe it. Um, so yeah, uh, junior project or ankle biters, um, I, I don't have any problem coming down on either side of, of this pick. Um, I definitely understand your point about the Giants just getting the greatest uh, luck in, in meeting terrible run defenses. Lions are giving up 5.3 yards per carry on the season. Um, the Giants are giving up 5.5. They are worse at run defense than the Detroit Lions. I'm taking the ankle biters. I, the Giants probably get a lead. Um, I'm taking the ankle biters to find their way and rally back because, as you already said, the Giants are the fakest and worst seven and two team you could possibly imagine. And the Lions, they fight. We know they fight. They're three and six, but we know they're going to fight. So I'm going to find a. I'm going to take the Lions to find a way to to backdoor and 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 cover the spread and probably win this game. Uh, we are going to Detroit, Michigan to watch Buffalo and Cleveland uh, yeah. because Buffalo got six feet of snow this week. Six feet of snow. You know, we come from Chicago. We know a lot about snow. Not that. We know we know a lot Not about like that. No. feet of snow. We know a lot about shutting down cities and, and complete uh, wasteland snow. We don't know about snow as tall as us. <laughs> Cannot oh. imagine... Uh, people have died from that snowstorm, so it's it, it's fatal. It's terrible. Uh, it's a it's an unbelievable situation up there. Our hearts go out to to Buffalo. Man. The Hashtag basically the whole coming. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick was not seen in the area for this one. Oh, okay. Uh, apparently, the entire community had to get together to get the bills out of their houses and, and and out to the airport to be able to fly to the game. First of all, there's a there's a movie going to be made about this or something. This just <laughs> This this feels like a Disney movie or something down the road somewhere where they 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 talk about the like the, the the city having to unbury their football team from the snowpocalypse to get them to the airport. Johnny, my grandfather is is dead. He's gone. Yeah, the, the snow fell on top of him in the backyard. He's, uh, but I can't think of a better way to honor his legacy. <laughs> Than to get out there and get the fullback and the tight end to the airport so that my Buffalo Bills can go yeah. play this game. Now let's go. Yeah, you're right. That's a that's a lifetime uh, uh, yeah. movie. Uh, Hallmark ABC Channel Christmas special. type movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. You, you should get on that. That, that screenplay is. Just well, I should start writing it. Absolutely. Uh, so. The six and three Buffalo Bills uh, need to have their home game moved to Detroit because of all the snow. Uh, the three and six Cleveland Browns come to visit. So this goes from a potential uh, horrific, terrible weather game to in a mm. dome. It's com- yeah. completely changing the outlook of this of this matchup altogether. 
Um, Browns are still obviously the worst team. Uh, their starting cornerback, Greg Newsom is dumplings. He's not going to play. They might get their tight end, uh, David and Joku back from an ankle injury, uh, for the bills, their linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds is out. And so is their edge rusher, Gregory Rousseau. Uh, for this one, the, I don't know how much the spread changed because of the venue. I know the over under definitely will drastically change, but the Browns are at the moment plus seven and a half at, uh, at the bills at Detroit. I feel like if we just took a copy of the Dolphins-Browns game and photoshopped out all the Dolphins and photoshopped in Browns, that's the same outcome. Because, man, Browns, two weeks in a row, they've got a, basically a dead man walking at quarterback. Jazz Brisket knows this is it. He's done. They're, even the, the Bills, with all the drama this week, they're coming off of that loss. And we know what the Bills do to people coming off of losses, especially losses like that. And, and this is probably a, this is a good spot for them. I like Cleveland. I think they've acquitted themselves pretty well. They, they've played better than I expected them to with all the drama. But, they're again, we said they weren't built to play a shootout against Miami. They're not built to play a shootout against Buffalo, especially if they're missing pieces on defense. I'm going to take the Bills and give the points. And especially in a dome situation now. Yeah. Now you get them on the fast track. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of two Bills games in Motown. They are, of course, scheduled to stay. Oh, yeah. They don't have to go anywhere. They're playing on Thanksgiving morning uh, against the Detroit Lions and what should be a very uh, entertaining beat down there. Um, what is the deal with Buffalo since beating the Chiefs? They just keep finding ways to stumble across themselves. We've talked about Project and some of his bad decision-making. Um, they lost that number one seed last week. They did all of that to, to – beat the Chiefs and overcome Kansas City so that they don't have to go to Arrowhead, and now they've kind of fumbled that away, and, and the rest of the AFC is trying to catch up with them. Uh, does that re-motivate them? You kind of referenced what the whole deal is with the Bills as far as this pick and as far as all their games. What's their mindset? What's their motivation? Everything about Buffalo is are they motivated enough to play their best because when they play their best, nobody in the league can beat them. Nobody can beat the Buffalo Bills when they're playing their best football. Um, I'm going to concur and say that uh, the loss last week and losing the top of the AFC and, and all this drama this week uh, will motivate them. Okay, we got to come out and, and eat and beat the Browns. We know the Browns are not on our level. We got to get back to where uh, we're supposed to be. Uh, and of course, seeing Project with my own eyes and seeing that his elbow is apparently uh, good enough for him to keep keeping those balls in there. Um, physically, that's not the issue anymore, so I'm not worried about that. We just got to get them to make better decisions uh, with some of those throws. So I, I will concur and give uh, the seven and a half. The Eagles uh, are no longer undefeated. They go to Indianapolis, who is one and zero under Jeff Saturday. No one can ever take that from him. That's that's done. No no more talk about the the, the coaching uh, fraternity is embarrassed and this is a disgrace and all of that stuff. No one can say anything because. Uh, uh, Boy Wonder and the Raiders made sure that everyone has to shut up about the Colts for at least one week. Uh, what will the Eagles do com- coming back from taking their first L? Uh, we know they won't ha- uh, have their tight end Dallas Goddard uh, with the shoulder injury, that he will not be a part of the situation. You uh, mentioned them just panicking over getting embarrassed in the run defense and going and finding every street free agent they can find on the defensive line. Uh, Indomitian Sue. 
uh, is, is sure. under contract now. Linval Joseph, the former Viking, is there. I don't think either one of them are going to play. I think they just they signed them too soon, and, and I don't think either one of them is going to be ready for this particular game. But, yeah, clearly they need to find somebody to fill in for Red Stripe because he's just um, – who knew he was going to be that big of a, of a, a missing presence for, for the Eagles? Um, and the Colts will not have their edge rusher quitty uh, pay once again with an ankle injury. In uh, this one, the Eagles are still the big favorite. Uh, they're minus six and a half at the Colts. I will say beating the Eagles, beating the clock show Raiders are going to be two completely different tasks for Jeff Saturday. That, that was a great story for one week, wasn't it? And it, it, he, gave, he gives the rousing speech and everybody loves them. And, well, this was the right hire probably not the best for them that the Eagles lost last week because now all that undefeated season pressure is gone and now they get to play a refocusing game against what is still a really bad team. I don't think you're going to see Matt Ryan ripping off any 39-yard runs in this one. I'll I'm going to take the Eagles and, and give the points. What an uh, embarrassment that would be if it was the case. However, Eagles are giving up 4.7 yards for carry, so just just saying. Um, so yeah, okay, Jeff Saturday, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in, in general on the, uh, you took down the terrible Raiders, you called them terrible a couple weeks ago in your, uh, previous, uh, job as, as TV analyst. Um, and then you went out and proved that they are terrible. So no one can ever take one and all away from you. Now here's the Eagles. Um, so I definitely agree that that's, you know, a, a, an adjustment, obviously a step up in class. Um, here's what I'm worried about. Stefan Gilmore. Uh, taking away a hobbled A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is not 100%. Um, if they stick Stephon Gilmore on him, that, that might be tough. So you're looking to Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. Uh, you're, you're on notice. you got to step up and, and start making some plays. They're not consistent to me. They're, that, that whole outfit is um, – they've, they've done some great things this year, but I, I always knew that they were not as great as, as they – as they looked and they come through with that lack of effort against uh, the, the Washington Washingtons, I was really disheartened by that. Um, I, I think the Eagles suffer a bit of a hangover. They're not at that level yet. They're not ready yet to uh, bounce back and show, Hey, we're really great. And you know, that was just a fluke. I think they uh, get a little bit of a, of a real, you know, you know, reeling backwards and don't know how to quite make it up. And I, I think the Colts cover this number, maybe win the game. I, I think uh, the Colts wow. have got the, the mentality, hey, we're, you know, we're, we are rallying around our guy, even though he wasn't our guy, he wasn't in the building with us. We're still going to rally around him because he's, uh, like you said, immediately sticking Matty Ice back in there, quarterback. At least he shows that he knows what he's looking at, and he's not a complete dumbass. And he knows that, you know, Sam Ellinger is not the answer. So we're going to actually try to play and, and do our best to actually try to win these games. So that that's that's a mentality right there. They're not the Panthers. They're not trying to tank. Uh, so that goes a long way. So I, I, I'll take <laughs> the Colts remember, and the points. This is the same Matt Ryan who, before he got benched, led the league in sacks, interceptions, and fumbles. It's also the same Matt Ryan who had, you know, 300 yard games and, yeah. and several touchdowns. He, he he's he's the most uh, up and down player all year because he had some terrible games and he had some games at the same time. There's no in between. He had that we had that one great game out of nowhere. Yeah. W- w- after we had crapped all over him and then went right back to being Matt Ryan again the next game. Yeah, I agree with you there. He is the heckle and jide quarterback this year. No doubt. Uh, from there, Rams Saints. Oh, those mm. Rams. 
and those Saints. They've got got issues on both sides, but uh, they're both three win teams. Rams are three and six. Saints are three and seven. If either team has any chance at all at making uh, an NFC playoff run, I think this is the game. So sort of almost a de facto playoff game uh, right here. And we know the Rams are going to be doing it for a long time without Cooper Cup, maybe for the rest of the season with that high ankle injury. Congratulations, Matthew Stafford. You returned to the lineup with a really beat-up offensive line and no Cooper Cup. Good luck with that. Uh, but for the Saints, still don't have their cornerback, Marshawn Lattimore, their backup running back, Mark Ingram. And they're going to try to do it today without their best pass rusher, Cam Jordan, who has played like every game since he's been in the league, but he's going to miss this game today with an eye injury. In this one, Rams are still the dogs plus two and a half at the Saints. This is one of those, yeah, hey, figure this one out type games. But I told you that I'm not on the Saints because they're struggling, but we've been we've been watching this too much this season with the Rams. The Rams, can they get right is the question. And now they're going to do Matt New Stafford has to now replace something like 30% or 40% of his targets. Because it was that was you want to talk about having that safety blanket and that security blanket, and I I don't care what kind of pass rush you're playing the worst pass rush in the league you're playing the best pass rush in the league when the guy you know where he's going to be isn't there, it's not going to look the same. It's that all it takes is that extra extra look that extra half second of hesitation is the difference between you know being in rhythm and getting a first down or or eating an ugly sack. Because Matthew Stafford, we know where he's going to be. Um, I, I'm so down, so down on the Rams that after I just crapped all over the Saints, I'm locking up the Saints. <laughs> because I, I, I think that the Rams are – we've at least seen flashes from the Saints. Like, they can look good in stretches. The Rams uh, – what? Have we seen? When was the last time we saw the Rams look good at all? It's been a long time. Right. So at least the Saints can put together a good half or a really good quarter. And I think in a game like this, to, to cover a, a small number might be all it takes. Yeah, Rams uh, trending down. They were 11, they were at least 11th in the league in, in passing offense a few weeks ago. Now they're 21st. Uh, that was with Cooper Cup. Now let's see what they do without Cooper Cup. Um, so – Rams offense, no steady running back, no pass blocking, um, no Cooper Cup. Yeah, that, that's that's oh shit. That's uh, that's that's not good. Um, it, it sounds like I would be. This might have been a, a cold lock. This might have been a. Oh. a I might have been locking with you <laughs> yeah. if I didn't already have my lock. So yeah, I'm definitely taking the Saints. Um, and that's with you know acknowledging Andy Dalton is not is no great shakes, but. Uh, there, there's no reason to think the Rams are going to put forth an effort and, and put any fear in him right now because they just they haven't done it in so long. So I'm, I'm with you there. Let's go to the late afternoon action. Vegas and Broncos. Uh, Raiders are 2-7 and seven coming off of that uh, embarrassment last week. And the Broncos are 3-6 and six and not looking too much better. Uh, of course, Jerry Judy in that ankle, uh, he's not going to recover from that and play in this one. Uh, just reading this morning, apparently uh, – at least again, for the second time this year, your your guy, your your favorite coach, uh, Nate Hackett, is going to acknowledge some shortcoming and try to make a a, a, a personnel change in the in the uh, in the front office in the coaching staff yeah. to to address things. So it looks like uh, the quarterback coach Clint Kubiak is going to reportedly take over as play caller uh, and take some of those decisions. Uh, every decision that 
Nate Hackett is making is to give somebody else some responsibility to take decisions out of his own hands. So at I least agree. he's acknowledging that he's yeah, got an issue with decisions. So that's something. Uh, um, yeah, they also get you one step closer to the exit every time. You you run out of deflector shields. Eventually, they they come to get you. <laughs> yes. Uh, Devontae Adams has an abdominal injury. I only he's, he, I think he's going to play up, but I only mentioned that because the last time Devontae Adams showed up on the injury report and played, it was through some sort of illness, and he was absolutely invisible. He did nothing. So just keep that in mind, uh, especially for you uh, DFS players. Uh, in this one, Vegas, the underdog, plus two and a half at Russ Wilson and the Broncos. Boy, I just have Nate Hackett and uh... – uh, just have Nate Hackett and Josh McDaniels just fight each other uh, <laughs> at, at midfield. But you want here's all the, the number to fight each other in cage. Yeah, but here's here, here's games. the actual number I'm, numbers I'm going to give you: nine, okay. nine, ten, nine. Hmm. Those are how many points the Broncos have given up in their home games here. The problem with them is not the defense. Maybe changing the play calling helps them. Maybe Ben Daniel Tackett realizes that he's out of his class and out of his element, and he's a better quarterback coach or, or offensive co- than he is actually calling the, the X's and O's in the game plan because we've seen that. We've been there all season. They're awful at it. It's mind-numbing has been their team this year. They lost last week at Tennessee, only gave up 17 and their defense dominated the whole game. Oh, they gave up a flea flicker. <laughs> they, they, they lose the game basically on a trick play. Uh, and the offense, which had come out and they looked a little bit alive, it fell apart completely in the end. They looked uninspired again. Uh, maybe that's the trick. All I know is that they're playing the clowns. They're playing the FedEx <laughs> team. The quarterback's crying. The receivers quit on the team. Josh McDaniels is clearly an idiot. Oh, it hurts, uh, you know, but 9, 9, 10, and 10, those numbers do kind of speak for themselves. The defense will show up, so I'll take the Broncos here. You, you and Russ are riding? Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> oh, I know that. Broncos country, let's ride. That, that hurts you to, to make that pick. Um not many wins, uh, not many good outings uh, for the Raiders this season. Nope. One of them came uh, against the Broncos uh, in the desert in week four. They beat them 22 to 23. That this team, that this team is so aggravating. Get the running back and the receiver, who are both uh, insanely talented. Get them going at the same time. Good things might happen. Uh, in week four, Josh Jacobs, buck 44 on the ground, and two touchdowns. And Devontae Adams, nine catches for a buck one Just get them both playing well at the same time. Who knows what could happen if you can do that. But some some reason, Josh McDaniels just cannot get that to happen. So I, I don't know why that is. Um, you, you talked about it, and I heard it on the uh, PFF podcast, about the juxtaposition between the uh, Broncos' offense and, and lack thereof and their defense. They're actually, I don't know if you realize this, the best team in the league in points allowed, least points allowed. Yeah. The Denver Broncos. Worst team in the league in points scored is the Denver Broncos. Isn't that just, oh, my God. There's a, there's a, right now they're the anti-Bears. 
they they score the least and they give up the 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 least. Yeah. Um, it, boy, if, so if Russ can just figure it out a little and, and get them on track just a little bit and let that defense work for him at the end, yeah, um, he should do it against the Raiders because the Raiders are, are trash and they and they don't know what they're doing. So I'll concur and, and take the, the Broncos. That's interesting because I actually looked at that last game almost as the trap. I think people are going to fall into that trap of going, oh, wait, when they played in Vegas, the Raiders put up 32. No, throw that away. But that also, consequently, was the Broncos' best offensive game of the year, which is also something people <laughs> don't talk about. But now they're switching up to Denver, where it's a completely different animal. So, yeah, just sli- just, just slightly change that, and I could see the Broncos winning here. I, I would almost guarantee if Denver scores 23 again, they're not losing this game. And I'm looking at the Broncos, uh, Raiders, Panthers, uh, Cardinals, Rams, Chargers. There's winnable games if, if, on this schedule for the Broncos down the stretch here if they can just figure out this offense. Let's get something going in the right direction. Uh, Cowboys, Vikings, speaking of trying to get something uh, to go in the right direction, Dallas at 6-3 and three now after having Green Bay just completely put away and finding a way to lose that game last week. And Minnesota now 8-1. and one. You can't stop the Minnesota Vikings as they – come back and, and beat the Buffalo Bills in what was just the goofiest uh, sequence of events you could possibly imagine. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Ezekiel with his knee injury looks to be returning to the field, according to Dr. Jerry Jones. Um, they, uh, their edge rusher Demarcus Lawrence is iffy with a foot injury, and that, that, that might play a huge role because I think if uh, the Cowboys get that pressure going on, on Kirk Cousins, uh, they might not get so lucky uh, going forward. But that, that might be the game. That might be the whole situation. We'll see how Jay breaks this one down. Cowboys are actually favored uh, over yeah. the 8-1 Vikings, Dallas minus 1.5 at Minnesota. I'm glad you brought that up. Number one rated pass rush in the league with Dallas. To go with a, you know, very – you know, better than league average pass defense overall. So this could be like number six in coverage. So that, that those two usually, wow, isn't it crazy how those two things kind of go hand in hand? Hmm. That your that your pass defense gets better when you have an elite pass rush. It's crazy, which really plays to the you know strength of the Vikings, which has been their pass game all year. And do the Viking are the Vikings smart enough to try to rely more on on Delvin Cook in this game? I think the last game um, has probably turned the Vikings into like crack addicts. They're, they're pass happy now. It's like they just gotta they just gotta keep slapping the, the forearm because they need more of that. <laughs> they need more of that, <laughs> Justin Jefferson, and it's just gonna be the you know oh wow let's unleash Kirk Cousins and there's a reason. You know, there's a reason why the Cowboys are favored in this game. Because on paper, on the numbers, uh, Vikings back end isn't very good. I think Dak Prescott could have himself a really nice game on the fast track. They're playing basically indoors. You know, we could see CeeDee Lamb and Gallup and those guys. I'm not even that worried about the, the running back drama. Buffalo got up big on them throwing. I think the Cowboys can will beat these guys. I think the Vikings coming off of that complete, like whatever you want to call it, Miracle fluke what win last week might be feeling themselves a little bit. I think they're ripe here, so I'm gonna take the Cowboys and give the points. 
You've got to be wary taking the Cowboys, that, that dumbest team in football. I know. They, they live up to it. But they tend uh, to not do it, like, in bunches. <laughs> <laughs> you know? They space out the dumbness. Yeah. They've been good for 10 weeks. <sighs> and, then, and then last week happened. Um, I, I think this is going to wind up – uh, I, I agree that uh, Minnesota is going to try to keep the good times rolling in the air and, and try to uh, keep using Justin Jefferson and saying, hey, look, we, we figured out we can do anything uh, as long as Justin Jefferson's on the field. Let's keep feeding the beast. And that should be a great matchup with, with him going against uh, the Cowboys secondary. I don't know if they're going to stick uh, their, their main guy on him for the, for the whole game, uh, but we'll, we'll see how that works out. Um, I think uh, this is going to be uh, an over game. I think both these offenses are going to get off. Uh, hidden underneath is, is how neither team is really good at stopping the run. So uh, whether it's Zeke or Pollard, I think Dallas will get a lot on the ground in, uh, in the dome. And I think Minnesota will answer right back with Cook and uh, Alexander Madison. Um, and I think uh, both things are going to kind of go up and down the field on each other a little bit. Uh, I, I, I can't get over Cowboys had the had the Packers beat. They had them beat, um, and, and Minnesota was losing big to Buffalo. Like both of them are, are kind of looking around what happened a little bit, uh, you know, one for the good and, and one for the bad. But they, they they both were just on the opposite end. Hey, what happened? You look up and Dallas has got the L, and, and Minnesota somehow uh, gets the victory. You know, it's very tempting for the Vikings to just keep throwing it up for for Jefferson and co- keep going back to that crack. Uh, but he can, he can he can do it. He can win games by himself over much uh, over teams much worse than the Buffalo Bills. And oh look, for example, the Dallas Cowboys, who are worse than the Buffalo Bills, as good as the Cowboys can be, they are not on the Bills level. And, and I think the Vikings can beat the Cowboys uh, in in a in a up and down track meet uh, if they hold off the Dallas pass rush. Um, and I, I think they can do it just enough. Uh, hello. Yeah, I've got a visitor here. <laughs> I, I hear. <laughs> he wants to say hello. Here, here, say it quick because we only got ten minutes here. Hello. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Okay, you guys can go back to your show. Oh. Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he wants to. He wanted to say hi, and he and he said hi. Okay. Uh, all right, um, so I'm going to take the Vikings, and you're going to take the Cowboys in that one. So we got, we're disagreeing a lot this week. Last time we did a Sunday show, it was the nine that we disagreed on. So be interesting Uh-oh. to see how this one goes. We've got, got a few more to go. Uh, Bengals Steelers up in Pittsburgh. Cincy at five and four, coming off the bye. Steelers at three and six. Uh, bye was not enough time for Jamar Chase to heal up. He's still out with that hip injury uh, for the Steelers. Uh, they didn't have Minka Fitzpatrick last week. Uh, he returns. He had an emergency appendectomy, so they, that's good that they get him back. They're going to need him. Uh, but uh, Akello Witherspoon, the cornerback, still out with a hamstring injury. Um, and this one, Bengals are the favorite, minus three and a half at the Steelers. Yeah, I, I just got that weird sense that this isn't going to be what we saw against Carolina because you know, Pittsburgh can stifle the run, apparently. All they needed was T.J. Watt back, and they get Minka Fitzpatrick back. And, again, it's a division game. Two teams, they don't like each other. Man, it, it's this one's tough. I mean, did, I think Pitt, did Pittsburgh get them the first time? Um, 
They did uh, in overtime, 23 to yeah. 20 uh, to open the season. Bengals had 200 yeah. yards more offense than the Steelers, yeah. but they had five turnovers. Right, and that was, uh, you know, that was with uh, that was a Mitch Trubisky game where it's maybe they're slowly oh. starting to figure things out here with with with, with Kenny Pickett. They're getting Pickens more involved. Yeah, this this feels like a weird game to me. Feels like a close game to me. I'm, I'm going to take the Steelers and the points. They they had the the turnovers. They had um, McPherson uh, doinking a ball uh, because yeah. he had the laces. DJ Watt went nuts in that game. Yeah, um, that Bengals that, offensive that, line is still trash. <laughs> Um, definitely has not uh, been improving. Uh, yeah, Watt versus the Bengals blocking and, and still no Jamar is. Yeah, this feels like the spot for the Steelers. Uh, and certainly not betting against uh, Joe Mixon anymore because when I put my money against him, he raises up. <laughs> so that's not going to be an issue. So uh, he won't be as dominant because I'm not betting against him. So I will take the uh, Steelers and concur with you. On Sunday night, the AFC West takes the spotlight, the Chiefs and the Chargers. Uh, SoFi, Sunday night, is, is it going to be cold? So, somebody called Joe Buck, asked if it's going to be cold. Uh-oh. Uh, Chiefs are 7-2, and two, Chargers are 5-4. and four. Uh, Juju got jacked up. Juju Smith-Schuster uh, got dumplings on a really ugly hit, so he is out. Um, and Miko Hardman with his abdominal injury is on injured reserve. So Chiefs all of a sudden have a little bit of a, a weapons issue. Boy, they're lucky they traded for Kadarius Tony, aren't they? Well, it's amazing how this work. works out for these teams, uh-huh. isn't it? It is. That uh, one, for the, by the way, we didn't say anything about that one foot hop into the end zone <laughs> yeah. by Kadarius Tony, which in most weeks would have been the play of the week if it wasn't for Justin <laughs> Jefferson. But I just want to highlight that for a moment because that was amazing. Uh, that was that was something you haven't seen before. There's a lot of things you haven't seen uh, this year in, in the, the NFL. Tiptoeing down the sideline on one foot for <laughs> yards to hop into the end zone, the, yeah. just the body control on. And everybody says this guy's got the talent. Right. Well, he if, he, brain, if he's got the talent, you know? the Chiefs will figure it out. Yes, Andy Reid will figure that out. He'll unlock it. Uh, for the Clippers, they know they need their weapons that haven't been on the field for portions of the year, uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, they both look like they're going to be ready to go. Uh, is that because it's the Chiefs in the in the night game and they have to get out there, or is it because they're actually ready? No one really knows for sure, but it looks like they're going to give it a go uh, tonight. In uh, this one, Chiefs still the big favorite, uh, minus five at the Chargers. We've seen that the Chiefs can move the ball without Tyreek Hill. We've seen that I'm not that worried about the injuries because Tony will be out there, Kelsey will be out there. You know, the, the running, the, the, there's still passing ability in the backfield, even if they do throw Clyde Edwards Hilaire out there. He's afraid of the ball, but he can still catch it. Pacheco's been playing nice. I mean, and, and we've seen that Mahomes isn't afraid of using, you know, Watson or, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the Noah Gray or any. He'll find mm-hmm. ways to get the ball in the end zone. So I'm really not that worried about the Chiefs. I, I, the Chargers here, Clipper Chargers, it's been a nice story. I, I still am not convinced about the health of Justin Herbert, and I don't really trust them in a shootout potential game against the Chiefs. The Chiefs aren't going to get bullied around by the Chargers like they did against the Titans, who just kind of seem to have their number, which is most people's most, you know, one of the more recent memories people have of them in prime time. I think this is going to be the Patrick Mahomes show. I'll take the Chiefs, give the points. This was the uh, matchup where Herbert uh, got broken the first time. He hurt himself. Uh, Thursday night, week two, where the Chiefs 
uh, eked out a 27-24 win uh, where they couldn't cover the number because Herbert rose up from getting his rib cartilage broke to get one more big-time throw that off was, on fourth down crazy. and cover the spread. <laughs> that, trail, that throw was nuts. Yeah. Um, and the, and before that, the Chargers actually uh, had the game won. They they uh, were at the goal line. They were at, they were leading already, and they were trying to drive for another touchdown. And they decided to run this hurry up. Again, one of your smart coaches, one of your genius mm-hmm. coaches, uh, Brandon Saylor, decided to run a hurry up offense and hurried themselves right into a pick six, uh, which turned the game completely around in favor of the Chargers. Uh, so just one of those things where the Chargers. They love to get right on the precipice of, of doing something big and then find a way to just piss it all away. Um, something similar might happen tonight. Um, I don't think the Chiefs are going to let them get that to that position again. Uh, Chargers are all sorts of beat up, not just Herbert, but of course, the uh, receivers. Um, I, uh, Kansas City is a little beat up too, but uh, as you already pointed out, Pat rocks it. He doesn't care. He doesn't matter who's out there with him. Pat Mahomes makes it work. Uh, despite the lack of weapons. So, yeah, I'll concur and, and give the five with you and take Kansas City. On Monday night, uh, we're, we're not done with uh, foreign trips. Uh, we're not in Europe anymore, but we're going to go to Ciudad de Mexico. And the 49ers and the Cardinals will play in Mexico City. That's uh, I believe that's a home date uh, for the Cardinals getting taken away. Uh, San Fran at five and four, Arizona at four and six. Um, in Arizona, all sorts of issues. Kyler Murray is a game-time decision again with that hamstring injury. Zach Ertz is done for the year. His uh, knee got disintegrated. Uh, hell, Colt might be a better option at this point, Colt McCoy, than Kyler because they, the offense actually looked better last week with Colt McCoy there. Um, and their cornerback, Byron Murphy, is also hurt if they don't have enough issues. Uh, in this one, San Fran, no surprise, a big favorite, minus eight and a half uh, against the Cardinals in Mexico. Uh, it's not enough. Uh, this might be, I don't care who the quarterback is for the Cardinals. This might be as long as they can stay healthy. This could be that coming out party for the Niners where they get to unleash, where they get to unleash that offense with McCaffrey and Debo. And this could be that Jimmy G game that we keep waiting for. It feels like they're just waiting to unleash something on somebody. And this would be a great spot to do it. I love the Niners squish. Thought about locking this one up, but I just didn't want a repeat of what happened to you last week, so I didn't. Uh, <laughs> where they just barely get squeaked under the number, but are clearly the better team. I think they'll be much the better team tomorrow night, and I'm um, going to give the points. And I did want to pat myself on the back. I did say when they made that trade for McCaffrey, oh, Kyle Shanahan uh, going to run some crazy stuff. I bet you there's going to be a play where he has both of them in the backfield and he decides <laughs> to use the smaller guy McCaffrey as the yeah. fullback and, and run Debo behind him. And I'll be damned if they didn't do that at least one time where they had McCaffrey as the, the fullback leading and, and pulling for, for Debo, which is kind of insane, but just a, a tip, just a hint of the, the type of stuff that you're going to see out of the 49ers. I'm still uh, bullish on the 49ers, even though they didn't cover that number. Uh, adios, Kyler Murray in Mexico. I don't think he's going to be uh, active. I know he's trying to be there, game-time decision. I think the Niners have to take advantage of Kyler not being there. Um, I, I like Kyle Shanahan uh, uh, appearing to want to split running back work between McCaffrey and Eli Mitchell. You can't rely on Christian McCaffrey too much. He is fragile. You have to split that up. So I agree with that. I will take San Fran, give the eight and a half with you. More on after show.
into our VIP after show program, which on these morning Sunday morning shows has to be abbreviated because the action is about to start in an hour, so we, we can't yeah. stick around too long. So I gotta get oh yeah, I gotta get all my DFS lineups all fully uh you know, touches on them, but uh so I've got three uh three main quarterbacks this week. I've got Russ going against the Raiders. <laughs> I've got Dak uh against the Vikings. Uh, and I and I've got Justin Fields all by himself against Atlanta. Uh, Justin has been uh, I, crazy. I have I have well he's been in the million dollar lineup for DraftKings mm-hmm. both of the last two weeks. Uh, uh, but this I'm week I've surprised. got him with nobody else. I've just got Justin Fields. I do have Carol Cordero Patterson in that game though too because that game feels like a lot of things could happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm starting Cordero too. Uh, at, yeah, I, I don't back. blame you. So is that seven this week? Uh, let's see. Two, three. The first three, which is definitely against what we usually do. Uh, yeah. So the first three, we disagreed. Um, six. Looks like six. Felt like more. I know. Yeah. Well, we've, when you start off, well, with we the first started three, agreeing yeah. a lot late. We we definitely right. started agreeing. So we agreed on the last few. Um. So right, we, yeah. Um, only one uh, of the late afternoon that we disagreed. Both of the prime of the primetime games. Right. So okay. Five of those early games. Five early games, one afternoon. So we'll know. We'll know by three mm-hmm. o'clock how this week is shaping out. Uh, yes, one of will. us will not. One of us be needing that afternoon game to go our way to cut the lead of the other. Uh, that'll be fun. We're, we've got this thing down to one right now. You are at seventy-two and seventy-two. You have climbed up to five hundred. Uh, when you were game over before last week. Yeah, actually um, was better than 500. I've actually fallen right. to 500. I've just, I've just dragged you with me. <laughs> right. And I'm at 73 and 71. So that, yeah. uh, no surprise with me falling off. Uh, coinciding with me putting real money on these games the last two weeks has gone as terrible as you could possibly imagine. Uh, uh, yeah, a three and a four. Uh-huh. That, mm. Not not many winners in there. I, I I even tried not playing the spreads. I was trying to uh, – one of my parlays was just over-unders, and all my unders oh. kept going over, so I was fucking that up too. So either way. Okay. But six – I thought it, it felt like more, but I think that's just a function of the fact, like you said, we disagreed on a lot of early games. Right. Um, I, I don't know what the deal was with Blog Talk Radio and all that drama – Miracle that we got this thing off. I, I am so glad that I was able to find yeah. a back doorway into the studio. So hope, I'm just hoping it got recorded. If it didn't, though, at least we've got everything on the record. Yeah, that's true. Uh, even if it doesn't come up uh, when the podcast is ready, then at least we got the uh, the picks listed, and it'll go up on the blog as soon as this uh, after show is over. So right. it's, a, it's a miracle that we got this thing in at all. Cause I, I'm it, I was getting five, the ninety minutes, second warning. I mean, I got everything worked the way it was supposed to. The drops worked. The right. lady was telling me ninety seconds, sixty seconds in my ear. So everything yep. was going the way that it should have. So I'm hoping that was just enough to. Maybe they were having a problem with their portal, but the underneath stuff like we're doing right now is still good enough. But I don't. I got into the studio. I think five seconds because when I finally, <laughs> when I finally got in and I'm texting you like you know call in or do something. I'm texting you because it's like she's counting down. Your show is going to start in, you know, five, yeah, four. Three. I was like, wow. Yep. I, I even did. I even threw out the intro, waiting for you to get in there. So, 
I had yeah. no idea that it was uh, it was possible to get in because I'm going to the website and I'm going to all the individual pages of our website, the studio and the uh, episode page. Uh, everything is getting the same uh, you know server down message or whatever that it was, and I'm like, oh shit, the, the site has crashed. It's just I didn't know that this was going to come off at all. So uh, kudos for for finding a way and, and making it happen. Cause I, I, I wouldn't have been able to. I had no idea. Yeah, because I was even getting ready for like, okay, I'll email you or text you my picks, and you know, let's do a recap uh, sometime. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I was still going to suggest that we throw up a, a Wednesday evening show just to oh, – yeah. well, By to the way, the we do have to gobble, discuss so. uh, the triple gobble and figure out how we're doing that. Yeah, yeah. so I was thinking we just – I was saying we could I mean, we could even if we wanted to because we'd be looking at doing two shows this week. I was thinking let's do our awards and the triple gobble on Wednesday, and then next week we just do our picks. I have no problem with that at all. Okay, so we'll do our week uh, 11 recap and give our awards, you know, as we go up to the triple gobble, which makes sense because that's technically Thursday when they kick off at noon would be the end of our award week for me anyways. So it makes perfect sense to me to do that. And then, uh, yeah, we could probably do like a, like a 90 minute show, you know, to do our awards and then just pick three games. And then uh, next Saturday night, because I work next Sunday, so I will not be around for a Sunday game uh, show next week. So next Saturday night, we'll just do our hour of picks we'll only have we won't have a full slate right we already have done the uh the recap so right only so i'm okay with doing yeah. i'm okay with doing two shows this week uh assuming blog talk radio is working and will allow us to well, do yeah. all of that <laughs> uh hoping that uh, elon musk did not buy blog talk radio because otherwise it'll be completely fucked up until the end of time um, so we'll give that a shot I have, I have no problem with that schedule so looks like wednesday night uh, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern, 90-minute special with our Week 11 uh, recaps and, and awards uh, leading into our triple, cob- triple Gobble, the three Thanksgiving Day games that we will pick on Wednesday night and then come back Saturday night, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, only one hour because it'll just be straight picks, baby. Week 12, the rest of the Week 12 slate in the NFL. That sounds like a uh, perfectly good plan to me. And uh, as it happened with the last time we did a Sunday show, uh, I got two cups of coffee and a big glass of water in me, so I don't be around much longer. <laughs> I got no problem with uh, cutting it right there. Um, uh, eventually, we'll get around to uh, this really small thing I want to do in an after show, looking at the uh, arenas uh, around the league, only because uh, there was that situation a couple of weeks ago where I kept bringing up uh, what the hell is the name of the uh, Atlanta stadium? Yeah. I keep forgetting. Yeah, that's where we have the two Mercedes stadiums. Right. There used to be two Mercedes. Apparently it's not anymore. So that's just oh. part of, yeah, just, I, I looked on the site of uh, the, the Wikipedia about all the stadiums, uh, just a, a couple of interesting facts that I wanted to, to talk about. Uh, it's not okay. a huge thing, but just something to get into uh, somewhere down the road. Uh, so yeah, uh, if you don't have anything else, uh, I think we're, we're done here. Nope, time to get to the family and make sure all my DraftKings stuff looks good and finish up on my bets on that and then get to watching some football right away. Yep. About to kick off uh, in less than an hour, 53 minutes from now. All right. We are done. The, the miracle show. We we need to almost name that uh, before I go off the air. And, and the miracle that got pulled, I did not think we were going to get this show done at all uh, with, with all the technical issues. But 
But there it is. We we did it, and now it's in the books, and we're getting ready for real football to start in less than an hour. So hopefully uh, everyone enjoy the show and enjoy your football that's about to get ready to go down right now. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been Miraculously in Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank you all for listening, and enjoy your football. And we will see you back here Wednesday night for our Thanksgiving picks. Happy Thanksgiving early to everybody.